Hello and welcome back to... I, do you know what? I don't know what episode it is, actually. That's just gone really well. Uh, welcome back to the Fun Filter Podcast. I'm Eddie, and today I am joined by Sam. Hello. And Jordan. Hello. As always. How are we both? I'm right. It's been a while since we've done this now. It has. Oh, yeah. You're just going to come out and say that. I am, yeah. I'm. A, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a narrative <laughs> happening behind the scenes. Okay. So while, as far as the world is concerned, this has been a... A, a fairly consistent process. Mm. How long has it been since we recorded an episode? A month? God, at yeah, least a month. It's been, it's been, yeah. yeah, it's been four weeks. It's been four weeks. Okay. Well, hopefully we haven't lost our edge. Well, I realised like a couple of days ago, um, I haven't really spoken much at all. Like without the podcast. <laughs> because we haven't yeah. really spoken as well either. We haven't Skyped too much um, in between really, podcasts. No. And I, most of my time I'm either like in my room or I'm like out walking or out shopping or something. Mm. So yeah, I've barely spoken at all. I'm so I don't know if I've lost the ability to speak. Like I'm going to try speaking and <laughs> it it's seems just gonna, okay. It seems okay so far, yeah. But yeah, I happened a couple of, where I would say something and just end up fumbling over my words. It's like, "Oh god, I I'm I'm forgetting how to speak." Because <laughs> of how little I've spoken. Well, given that we we've had a month of basically no contact, I'm sure we all have a variety, a myriad, a plethora of things to fill in the audience on and what we've been doing <laughs> in think, that time. you think, you? would think that. Yeah, I mean, I mean this is life now, isn't it? It's just kind of, <laughs> I, I imagine we've all found our routines and that's that's all there is now. I have, yeah, I've, yeah, I've corrected so. my sleeping pattern. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's good. Well, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of, I'm in the stage now where I kind of have to be getting ready to go back to work, even though it's probably like six weeks away right mm. but i kind of have to get ready for that and my sleeping pattern had got to the point where i was like going to bed at 6 a.m mm. sometimes you know sort of 5 6 a.m and that's going to be the time that i will have to get up right so i was i was like i kind of have to sort that out because i can't really be going to bed at five just to get up in half an hour yeah so i've had to sort that out which does mean that by the time we finish this recording <laughs> depending on how long we take i might well be getting ready for bed um, <laughs> <laughs> So for, for clarity's sake, we're, this is ten to two in the afternoon at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I haven't really. I have settled into a groove. It, it does feel the idea of life being different is now strange. That's the kind of level it's at now. I don't know if you're there as well. I've just well, the idea uh, of returning. Clarify to normality. what you mean. Well, uh, just the the business of going and doing and being now seems antiquated. Um, right, it's like. <laughs> I can't believe that it was ever any different at this point. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. So for me, in the last week, I've had to go into work. Th- I had to go into work three days in a row. No, it wasn't necessarily for like a long period of time, but it was basically down to the fact that there was like an fault with the alarm system. So yeah, I had to deal with that, mm-hmm. uh, which it, that in itself was strange because obviously it's been like such nice weather out mm-hmm. that I was literally stood at one point, you know, in this sort of like empty, dusty pub going oh, this would have been rammed <laughs> you know, like you know we i would have been rushed off my feet like you know trying not to throw pints over customers oh god i would have been sweating i'd have been cursing their names yeah. did oh that, good memories did that bring you comfort or I, no I, I mean i'm nostalgia I, I mean i miss going to work i want to be i want to be yeah like, that that bit you know fair, I, I suspect that when and... things are back in full swing you're gonna miss <laughs> you're gonna miss out on the <laughs> oh yeah. shit i want well, lockdown yeah. back like now you know yeah, i, I yeah. mean i will i will miss the time that i've had to relax yeah but as weird as it sounds i wish i, I wish <laughs> that does sound weird <laughs> um 
I do I do miss moaning about like customers and the people I work with. Yeah. Like and like having that because don't really have that many people to moan about at the moment other than Twitter. Yeah, I just have my so, family really. That's all I got. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean so obviously given that the house is more now than just a, a kingdom, it's you know, it's like Plato's cave. It is all there is now. Mm. Um I found like a trove of old photos of me as a child that I never knew existed. There, there are about three hundred pictures. Right. I, I take it that's where the picture that's on Facebook. Yeah, came that's from. my favorite one. There's a picture of me. I guess I'm like two or three in like full denim with a backwards baseball cap, <laughs> just looking at the camera like, "What the fuck do you want?" And I was, I framed that photo. I've got it in my bedroom <laughs> now yeah. in the frame. You put a picture of you up as a child, and I was. Well, you threat. You threatened to beat that child up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't to beat that child up. I don't to start doing a very terrible rap diss track on it because you know why not? Oh yeah, I want to hear it. Obviously, we'll play how, it on the podcast. Um, how big is that photo? Because for some reason, I don't know why, I assumed that it was like a tiny little, like a like a passport size photo. Right. And I just really love the image that it's this tiny passport size photo that you framed on your wall in your bedroom. <laughs> no, just it's a completely blank wall, and then this minuscule photograph <laughs> of you as a child. No, this this would have been more like ninety seven, ninety eight. So this is the age of the disposable camera. Ah, right. Uh, so they're all, you know, they're all that mm, size. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's weird. It's deceptive. Like all the pictures of me as a kid, I'm beaming. I'm just like really happy and like ch- cheeky smiling. And yeah. it's like, I don't know what year it was. If you look at any picture of me now, I'm distinctly not. <laughs> what did I um, learn that changed me? <laughs> what happened? Or what did I know back then that I've now forgotten? Weirdly enough, that was an acid revelation. Oh, right. <laughs> that was uh, the sense. I It's now sort of been crystallized, I suppose, seeing those pictures. There was the, the first time I did it, there was the sense of um, there's something really important that we've all forgotten and life is trying to remember what it was. And I saw the pictures like, oh, that's what it was. It was a time before being self-conscious. Mm, I think okay. I think that's what that is. Yes, that was quite nice. That sort of it, it connected me back to my family a little bit. Like I, you know, I'm not really close to my family in that way, but I found those photos. I took them over my uh, grandfather's and showed him and my auntie. And she was like, oh, did you remember this? Remember this? And like all these memories I just forgotten came back to me. Mm. That was quite nice. Um, the only other real thing was, uh, me and my mother went to Tesco and on the way there in the car, I was playing Alive by Pearl Jam, which for some reason had just been in my head for the two days prior. And she'd never heard Pearl Jam, never heard this band. She was playing it. And then she looks over at me and goes, oh, Pearl Jam, that's, that's the band, is it? And I said, well, yeah. Mm. Why, why do you say that? She said, oh no, look. And in the car in front, there was a bumper sticker that said Pearl Jam on it. Oh, right. And I said, yeah, why do you ask? She said, oh, it's just on the car in front. And I, there was like a 30 second silence. I went, ma'am. I nudged her and just showed her the phone. And she's like, what? And it was such a weird, one of those weird, <laughs> I don't know whether that's a product of isolation. I've been noticing that more and more of the coincidences. Mm. Yeah. So like, um, I've been playing darts with my mother and she'll get like a blah, blah, 13. Oh, I got 13 left. And then I'll be listening to a podcast and they'll say 13 at exactly the same time. Right. Have you been? Have you guys been noticing something like that? Or is this a distinct? I, I mean, I can't phenomenon? say I have noticed it, but that could just because I'm not really paying attention to anything. Oh, that's that's the city for you, isn't it? That's just like, <laughs> so much going on. It could, it could if you're not going to pay I'm, attention to things now, Eddie, when are you ever going to pay attention to I'm, things? I'm not, George. That is the point. You're I like out that. running. The, you're in nature for God knows how long every the, day. I'm not, I'm not running that, at the moment. Oh, okay. <laughs> the thing that, that I've been hearing, injured. that I've been hearing most consistently, is 
you know, this is terrible and all, but it's made me realize that how much time I, how much I like spending time with my family and it's made me uh, contemplative and, you know, I've been thinking a lot about things. And you're just like, I've taken this opportunity to be blissfully ignorant <laughs> of everything. No, but, yeah. Um, like, yeah, I... I um, well, I suppose... I, like, I like how you were worried that you couldn't talk and me... It, I'm just... You can't like, think. <laughs> I just... I, the words just don't come out. Or refuse to think on principle. Um, if it's... <laughs> yeah. It's a choice. But yeah, no, like... Um, also, I, I was running, but I've now got to the point where I think I've had three injuries. So yeah. I'm just kind right. of like, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> oh, run, running's no good for you. I won't have to say. Peter's just better, in it? So, you know, I, mean, I did have a Domino's on Monday, actually. Yeah, I've started. So. There, there was like a, a three-week period where I was sort of in hyper, not hyper fitness, but like in that mode of thinking of mm. I have a routine. I'm going to stick to this exercise regimen, stick to this diet regimen. And the last week or so has been, oh, I can, I can order a dragon pizza. It's fine. <laughs> well, on yeah. uh, Thursday. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's just the, um, like you sort of have that, because mo- I sort of had that moment where there are like um, footpaths and areas around where I live that I realize I've never explored even when I was younger. Yeah. Mm. It's like, oh, there's like this whole new, God knows what could be out there. I should go exploring. And I did that on the first day and I was out for like, well, longer than the government advise you be out. But it was all on footpaths, so I was barely interacting with people. Mm-hmm. And then I came home and I had a massive blister on my foot. <laughs> yeah, my skin has now come. And I'm still missing part of my feet where the, where that blister was. <laughs> right. Because it's all okay. peeled and everything. So since then, I've like, yeah, I'll, uh, nah, fuck it, I'll drive to the shop. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe this is a Sam's lexicon moment. We'll call it, um, I don't know, you have to give me some more time. But it, it's like, it's a pencil case phenomenon, isn't it? That's how I always think of it. Or like a, a new bag phenomenon. Like when you were in school... And there was a start of a new year and you had Oh, all the- like you, you over-prepare. Yeah, you mm. have all the stationery, yeah. new books, your bag's new, it's clean. And then a day passes, like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> you, yeah. just let, you just let it get dirty. And I'll just sleep. I'll just well, sleep yeah. yeah. I, th- I think it was that thing of, I realised I could run further than I could. So I went, I can run now. Yeah, and then <laughs> classic I just run. mistake. Yeah. I, I've now got to the point where I'm like trying to run too far. Yeah. And it's not, it's not like, you know, we're talking like I'm trying to run like 10 miles, 20 miles or something. I'm just trying to run more than three, and yeah. that's clearly just too much. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I might be announcing my retirement from the exercise game um, <laughs> yeah. pretty soon. Well, how far in are you to? Because you're doing that charity run. That thing, that's aren't that you? that bit's done now. Oh, that is done. Okay. Yeah, that, that's all done. At least that's done. Um, but I, I, I'm 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 more okay with the idea of you giving up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now yeah. that you've like that, that, that's all done. <laughs> you we, still we, have we, like we, a. We did the charity goal. <laughs> Yeah, um, you still had like a certain amount of time to go, and you just ring them up. Like, I can't, I can't be fucked anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to do it. No, yeah, now. no. We, we did the charity goal, but after that, me and my sister like were coming up with different challenges to like try and motivate each other, mm. and it became a thing of who could do the quickest five k run. Um, bearing in mind she's trained and done running before, so she has a slight edge. <laughs> but we were it was the whole point was kind of as long as we both got under thirty, that was like thirty minutes. That was probably yeah. quite good for us. I got under thirty twice. And then I got the pain, I, I did the pain at my leg and I was just like, okay, something's telling me maybe me trying to run is not. <laughs> it's it's all a matter of scale, isn't it? Like for you, because you were fit, you know, in spoons involves a lot of walking. Yeah. And uh, for me, I was basically doing nothing. So I'm going on walks. Like that is my exercise as I'm going for mm. walks. And that yeah. is knackering. Like, like me and my mm. mother have been 
doing like seven k's. That's been like our general thing. But like okay. walking yeah. it, not yeah. running it. No, uh, no yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm walking. I'm walking instead at the moment. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I say that I sort of did a run and then I did a really long walk, I did like a nine mile walk without realizing I'd done a nine mile walk, and yeah. then was like, I wonder why my leg hurt. <laughs> the, <laughs> the longest is- I probably walked in like three months, if not. Yeah, longer. the problem is where I live. How, however you try to manipulate or cheat the system, you're going to end up having to walk up a fuck-off hill. Yeah. <laughs> so wherever you walk, it ends with the worst yeah. bit. It's a, Yeah, it's either like at the end when yeah. you're already exhausted, you're like, oh, fuck, and you got to walk yeah. up. The, it's like, no, I'll walk up the hill first. Yeah. So it's all downhill on the way back. <laughs> yeah. And then as soon as you start walking up the hill, you're close enough to the house where you're like, oh, fuck this, I'm going home. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, so on, on the Thursday of this week when we're recording this... The Wagamamas in Cardiff is about to open for oh, right. <laughs> delivery. Now, I don't know where you two stand on Wagamamas, but I am a very, very big fan. So I've never really I, had I, it. I, I don't I think anyone in my family really likes that kind of food. And, yeah, I've never, you I've never know, I'm not. In, I'm not in the... We're not the type of group of friends that will, like, go to a restaurant for a meal, you know? No. So I've never really tried Wagamamas. I swear we went to Nando's once. Yeah, but that's like a that's like a novelty. Yeah. It's still a novelty to go and have a meal with your friends, isn't it? But we yeah. st- we still live in, you know, uh, well, you know, not the city. And so there's that. There's also <laughs> there's that, that, yeah. But yeah. also, I don't know, even, even if we lived there, we might occasionally, but I don't know. There's a certain type of group of friends that's like, let's try this new restaurant. Wankers, I'd call them, you know? And it, it's <laughs> like, no, no, you bond, you stay in your house and you order food in. You, the food Who do you think you, you are? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I got quite excited about the fact they were opening and I was like, right, that's going to be the first takeaway that I do that, you know, that I'm having. Mm. Uh, and then um, I ended up ordering Domino's on Monday and went, well, that that plan of treating it like it was a really special one time thing just went out the window. Yeah, your um, one of your biggest errors of lockdown, Sam, was informing the Chinese restaurants were still open. <laughs> the Chinese takeaways were still yeah, open. Yeah, Because at least yeah. I could be like, you know, oh, well, there's nowhere to go. There's nothing to do. You know, I can I can sort of like justify not, but now that I know they're open, I'm just like mm. it's it's right there, like it's right there. <laughs> yeah, I, it's funny to see how because I have now we typically order from three places basically: mm, yes. one Chinese place, one uh, pizza place, and one burger joint. And uh, it's funny to see how the, the different delivery peeps are handling it. Mm. So the pizza place, they are just leaving the pizza on knocking, leaving it, and then leaving. Yep. The Chinese aren't bothering with any kind of social distancing measures. <laughs> They're just handing right. the food over and that's it. You give them money, they don't care. Yeah. And then the burger joint, there's this, he looks like 15. There's still Chav and he, uh, he he leaves the bag, uh, the Just Eat bag on the doorstep and then like stands way back and goes, oh, I'll see a few, but there's a can of cork on the side as well, right? <laughs> and then you have to manually remove it from the bag. You can yeah. at least remove it from the bag. Do you know what I mean? Like wear gloves or something. Like and yeah. make me touch your bag. Oh, that's that's. Oh, you mean is. like the like the, <laughs> the 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 like heat bag that they yeah like yeah. the the square. All oh, right, box I, I thought thing. Yeah. I thought you meant like the the paper bag that the food. Oh is no, in. no no no. It's like, well, of course you have to take it out yourself, <laughs> lazy yeah, bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no no the actual the delivery mechanism. Okay. I, d- I did confuse the guy from Domino's because I stood outside the front of my house. Yeah. And so I was just stood there, <laughs> just like sipping on a beer and he like pulled up. And I think he was just expecting, because obviously like around here with Domino's, the thing is they call you mm. and then they go, where do you want me to put it down? And usually it's like on the doorstep or whatever. Yeah. But I was stood at the front. So he's just like stood there, phone in one <laughs> hand, pizza in the other, like, 
this for you? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I like, like the idea the people- of like the Domino's experience being so uh, routine and ingrained. <laughs> they drive to someone's house and they're standing outside. It's like, this is unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> There isn't a manual for this. What, yeah. What's the protocol? <laughs> you just He's just sitting in the car staring at you and you're staring at him while your pizza goes cold and no one knows what to do. I can't do this, sir. <laughs> <laughs> this drives off. I would say that's food. That's, uh, that's food, that's Kevin. Food. Um, in terms of anything else, I mean, I, I, I would say, Sam, you also know um, I finished writing the first draft of the script that I've been working on. Yes. How does that feel? Well, I did preface to Sam when I sent him, because send, I sent Sam the PDF to read. Oh, you sent Sam the PDF. Okay. I always send Sam the PDF. Deal with it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I sent it to Sam. I did preface it in that I think some of it's not particularly the best. Right. So in the uh, second act, there is, there's a scene at the end which has a monologue for one character. So mm. I decided that the other character would get a monologue. Right. The problem was is... It is four pages long. Okay. Might need a trim then. <laughs> and I'm very certain that it's terrible. <laughs> so well, I, I, I so, haven't looked at your script yet. Uh, no. I'm setting aside Thursday to do that. Yeah. Yeah, you said it was Thursday. It's Tuesday. No, it's Wednesday. What day is it? It's Wednesday today. <laughs> it's it's Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, so tomorrow will be my yeah. uh, Eddie script reading day. Um, I think there's probably a scene in each act where mm. I could say I'm not happy. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, you're not meant to be happy with it, even if it's a masterpiece. But, but I oh, also yeah. have been looking at this for like six weeks now. So me being objective about what might be good and what might be bad in it, it's just out the window. Oh, yeah. Because by the time yeah, I did yeah, the yeah. last scene that I'd written, I was quite glad that I'd actually finished the first draft. I d- has this term actually been introduced on Sam's Lexicorner? I'm not sure it has, because I've got a term for what you're describing. Okay. But I don't know if we've actually introduced it or not. Um, so I'm just going to Well, let's check. leave a break in case this is an official Sam's Lexicorner. Yes. Samuel. Words. Phrases. Sam's Lexicorner. Okay. So you'll know whether I put the music in or not, whether this is an official Sam's Lexicorner <laughs> or not. This is an official Sam's Lexicorner. Okay. It is. Um, okay. So are we in Sam's Lexicorner now? Yeah, we just had the music break. Oh, okay. Hello from Sam's Lexicorner. <laughs> That's why I uh, clarified to the audience. Like, you'll know whether there was music, oh, whether okay. this is legit Do you know or what? Not. Right. The professionalism on this podcast has gone straight through <laughs> the roof. I love it. For like it. a month. I'm surprised we even remember like, to, to look at the mics when we're talking. You know? <laughs> I, hey, we, we got Skype up and we were fairly on time. I think that that's... Yeah, that's nice. That's basically worth a yeah. round of applause. Uh, this week on Sam's Lexicorner. So it pertains to what you just described, Daddy, where, where you've been working on something for so long and you, you have no critical faculties anymore where you, yeah. you are unable to tell whether it's any good or bad. The term I would like to introduce is focus warp. Now, that is distinct from tunnel vision, which I would say is characterized by you're unable to perceive anything outside of the thing that you're working on. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's you're kind of monomaniacal about it. So focus, is focus warp the inversion of that? No, 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 not quite. It, focus warp is the idea that you've been studying it for so long, nothing means anything anymore. Okay. And so you start off when you start the process, all ideas seem kind of okay. Mm. And then you've been working on it for so long that nothing seems... Surely it was when we were working on a logo for a friend's potential podcast. Oh, yes. And yes. it started off and it seemed okay. But then the more that we refined it, the worse and worse it seemed to get. Yeah. 
but not because it was actually getting worse, you know? So yeah, so I would character, I would call that process Focus Warp. Samuel. Words. Phrases. Sam's lexicon. Yeah. So sorry, that was a little diversion. Yeah. Uh, have you guys seen that Joe Rogan's leaving everything? He's, he's going exclusive to Spotify, the world's I mean, number one leading audio platform, or whatever yep. he said. I, I mean, he's making absolute... A hundred million dollars? He's making a hundred million dollars out of it. <laughs> all the money. Yeah. He's making all the I money. mean, all I'm going to say is if Spotify want to hit us up with a deal, <laughs> this, you know, it's worth yeah. a, bit of, a bit of money... We're, I'm, I'm not going to say no. Figures. I mean, Joe Rogan's yeah. just one guy. We're three people. So, you exactly. know, 300 million. I think that's fair, right? I think that's fair. Yeah, each, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got you to, you know, you got to spread the spread the love with the money. And yeah, because again, like Joe Rogan's got in his re- 50s, you know, so his career is going to be uh, shorter than ours because we're like in our 20s. So mm. you're paying for like a lifetime of content, you know? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Unless we unless we maintain our policy of not exercising and ordering pizzas. In which, <laughs> which case, in which we'll case probably die before Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Joe Rogan will never die. He's no. way too healthy. I, yeah. It is, I will say, it is absolutely nuts that he's got a hundred million pound deal. I mean... Well, not nuts. Like, I could completely... That's... Um, not sensible. Sensible is not the right word, but I completely no. understand that amount of money exchanging hands. Yeah, I I'm get just it. surprised. I don't know whether... I mean, he does. He does have a consistent philosophy, but Joe Rogan is one of those people who he seems to kind of like the way in when he like interviews a person, he sort of mirrors that person's yeah um, attitudes and whatnot. I but I'm still surprised that he is limiting his audience in a sense by only coming out on one platform from now on, or from September, whenever it is. I think there are elements to his thinking that are consistent, notably. With marijuana. Well, yes. But other than that, yeah, he's fairly malleable. Yeah. Despite being a fighter, he's oddly not really a confrontational person, it seems. No. no. He just wants to have a, a good chat and be friendly. That seems to be yeah. his instinct. And so... Oh, yeah, it's not necessarily a bad thing that he sort of mirrors. Is it Dave Rubin? Didn't he say that he tried to do that? Yeah, I've, I'm not really taking a position. Yeah. I'm just letting them speak. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that is good. But, um, yeah, I mean, Howard Stern, I think when he went to Sirius or something, he was paid... Maybe even more than that. Yeah, it, for some reason, audio, radio, that's a, the, it. Seems the money just it seems ridiculous. Like more than <laughs> I think. How much was RDJ paid to do um, Avengers? Oh, 300, is it 300 Oh, okay, million? all right. Or 30 <laughs> it's slightly more. I right? mean, thirty or three hundred. Yeah, I don't know. His contract just went up and up. Yeah, so. I'm gonna miss the video. I mean, that's how I listen. That's how I consume it. Is I watch the video. So. Well, yeah. This that's the thing because Spotify have said there's there's going to be a video option. On Spotify. Yeah. So I'm assuming that part of this is going to he's be them He's probably going to be one of the launch parties. Like, for, he's going to be one of the for, things for they the launch Spotify with. video platform. It's Spotify video, yeah. Okay. Well, it's free, isn't it? He's doing it. It's, yeah. It's yeah. Gonna, it's, it's still he's doing it for free. free, but like Spotify, um, they have like a premium non-ad service, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It, so it's free, but free. if you're going to listen to it for free, you have to listen with ads or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 My only, I suppose, issue will be if the... If it's like, um, there's a podcast called The Last Podcast, I think it's The Last Podcast on the left. Right. Or something like that. My only issue will be if they, if he does what they did, which is they took their content off of every other platform. I think yeah. he's doing that. That really? bit I think is a shame because I just think there is absolutely no need for the old stuff to be like taken off. Yeah, it's unnecessary. I mean, with Joe Rogan, it's like his audience is consistent. Like the amount of, 
listens he gets. Yeah. I mean, they're there for him at this point, I think. Oh, yeah. I'm still not there. I, I, lis- I listen for guests that I find interesting. I don't listen to every guest he has on. No. It's just too much. I, like, I will but... listen for a guest because I'm not... I, I'm just not a biggest, the biggest fan of him. Nor am I. No, you know, I, res- I. I fully respect what he does and what he, you know, mm. he's yeah. not particularly for me. So there are other podcasts that I would much rather tune well, into. Well, you were saying... Yeah, it just... You were saying, Sam, that like, yeah. you know, the money in radio and, and whatnot mm. seems to be insane. Like, mm. yeah, he puts out a podcast like a day, every other yeah. day, right? he does, yeah, yeah. a day. So it's, yeah, it's like the, the sheer volume of content is sort of what you're paying for as well. I think I it just, yeah. he just was in the kind of... Uh, the perfect it was the right thing at the right time to to pioneer this um long form conversation thing yeah that's happening a lot at the moment so i really i respect that i like that and he just he happens to have a personality that allows his guests to essentially advertise themselves their personality really well mm. yeah and so i like that but yeah him i don't i wouldn't listen to him soloing no. that sounds dirty as well but you know what i mean like i yeah, I'm in it for the people that he talks to because it's the best platform for that. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I hope they don't but you said they are taking everything down from every other Well, platform. it doesn't specify that, but he says in the video that for the time being, new Joe Rogan episodes in the Joe Rogan uh, library will be available everywhere and then September 1st we'll be moving exclusively to Spotify. Right. So he doesn't specifically say his back catalog is going with him. Mm. But I can only assume that is what. But it's he a, it's a thousand odd episode. Yeah. Oh, it's part. Yeah, it's it's so so much content. And yeah. Like, what's the shortest podcast? Like two, three hours. Yeah, you, you can know? go for like six, can't he? I mean, yeah. like uh, Norm Macdonald did this, didn't he? Where he moved to, I, th- I think when he moved to Netflix and all of his YouTube stuff. Oh yeah, we looked for gone. one of his episodes one day, and his channel yeah. was completely empty. Just out of nowhere. I'll yeah. tell you what other channel has disappeared. Uh, you know that? Tra- I can't remember the name of it. Uh, but it was body language analyses like usually actors in the Marvel universe and like a Stranger Things I well there's table. a few of them but I think I know the one you're on about yeah like the most perceptive one that's gone it's gone okay it's completely gone there's right. someone else has sort of taken up the mantle but it's not it's not as good I genuinely mm. suspect that um, Marvel has sent a uh, thing to YouTube saying you've got to take this these videos down it's possible because it, it, it you know he's highlighting uh, what he perceives as tensions and hostilities among the cast members oh yeah yeah he, he he's done mm. Brie, he's done a couple of videos on Brie Larson right or he did a Brie, couple of videos Brie, on Brie Larson, Larson. And I think crucially Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans yes uh, yeah and again it seems I'm not obviously I'm not an expert but they seem accurate his interpretations mm. and so I wouldn't be surprised if they said yeah you gotta take that shit down it compromises our brand we need right. people to think that all these all these actors are mates you know yeah yeah so that's a shame but yeah, I've, I've been watching a lot, obviously, as per, but even more than usual. The only thing I wanted to briefly mention was there's this new HBO show called I Know This Much Is True. I don't know if you've heard of it. Nope. Um, it's a mini series starring Mark Ruffalo as uh, he's playing twins in it. I've seen the poster. Yeah, seen the poster. I, I, I've, I've seen images of two Mark Ruffalos going around. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, I was under the impression that it was a true story that he was playing these real twins and the, the stuff they went okay. through. It's not. It's based on a novel. Now, the show, it's possibly the most miserable show I've seen in at least five years. Okay. It is okay. Just, I'm listening. <laughs> it is just so bleak, like, unremittingly and almost fetishistically, <laughs> like, morose. <laughs> Basically, it's about these twins, and one of them is schizophrenic, 
And the show starts with him walking into a public library and cutting his hand off, right? As a <laughs> right, okay. uh, as a sacrifice to I think the idea is it's it's in the early nineties and the Gulf War is happening and he's offering the sacrifice as a way to stop the, you know, it's a schizophrenic notion. Yeah. And uh that's how it starts. <laughs> and his brother's committed to a psychiatric institution and he, he doesn't want the doctors to fit, put his hand back on. He won't have it because it's his offering. And like the the main character, the other brother, is uh, divorced. And part of the reason for the, the breakdown in the marriage was their child died of sudden infant death syndrome. Right. It's just so much horrible shit happening. And I thought, okay, but at least it's a true story. Like, so it's fair enough. But it's not even true. <laughs> I was like, why are you put, putting me through this when there's not even... I will only accept this level of misery if it actually happened. Yeah. If I know that some people somewhere actually lived through this. <laughs> it doesn't make me enjoy it more, but at least it's like, well, they're just telling it how it is. And there right. are obviously people in the world that have equally horrible lives. Do you think but it's... it just feels completely perverse to make it up? Yeah, it's based on a book, you know. So do you think it's do you think it's unfortunate timing on their part, or do you think it was this bold move to put like this really bleak show at this <laughs> time? You know, it's not that. It's just it seems kind of purposeless. I mean, I've been accused of miserableism, God knows, <laughs> but it's just there are miserable. So like Tyrannosaur, for example, which we've talked about, mm, yeah. is a, there's a lot of bleakness and then there's redemption, and there are plenty of films like that. There are films like Requiem for a Dream where there's plenty of bleakness and then there's bleakness. <laughs> and, but I, I think, as far as I know, there is a generally optimistic conclusion to this miniseries. But I, it, it's, it's weird. Because it's fictional, it, it does feel like, what's the purpose of this misery? I'm not learning anything from it. It, it is just wallowing yeah. in itself. And... I don't know. Is it, it just the misguided notion that um, the more miserable slash dramatic something is, the more important it is, the more weight it has to it? I suppose, or, or the more, the lower you go, the, the higher you feel when it elevates a little bit. Okay. But I don't know. I, I kind of recommend it just on a level of why are you putting me through this? Well, I'm it's not going to watch so, it. It's <laughs> so, so horrible. Oh, I'm I don't feel like I need this. that in my life right now, you know? <laughs> I mean, I credit What's, the, what's the, um, the, the phrase on the last podcast? You said that, like, um, that kind of, like, Californian thinking of, like, oh, I don't need misery in my life right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't, need, like I don't have room in my life for self-hate right now. That's all. Yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. room in my life for the only thing I know is the truth or whatever the show's called. <laughs> I know as much as true. I mean, Mark Ruffalo is great, is really good in it. It's very affecting. I think part of it is the performance, like his portrayal of the schizophrenic brother. It's like, it's so like childlike and uh, vulnerable that you're just sad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's right. just like, the show just makes you sad. Yeah. I don't want to feel sad. No. Uh, but that, 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 yeah. That is where it interests me, though, because obviously any time I sort of see something which has got, like, a portrayal of schizophrenia or something like that, because I've worked with schizophrenic people, I have that thing of, I'm quite interested to see how it gets portrayed. So that, that's it's like a clinical you, interest sort of thing. Yeah. 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 My mother has that whenever she watches yeah. a film that has an element of, oh, this is sort of portraying, like, you know, bipolarism or it's, you know, it's a show mm. that's a, that deals directly with mental health or something like that. She's always, yeah. like, in it for that angle. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah. You know? Like, even Joker, she was sort of watching it sort of as a, oh, what's kind of the real-life facsimile of this character and how well is the is he being portrayed yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Which is why I think she has a more positive um, opinion of Joker than I do. Because right. I was looking at it as a film, and we, we talked film. about it on the second episode, about how it feels like 
Like when he's dancing, that feels like cinematic shorthand for crazy person. Mm -hmm. Whereas she was saying like, well, no, actually, if you look at like the effects of this syndrome or this disease, like Mm. you can, you can sort of track the progression of this person is having this kind of delusional thought Mm. and somehow that ends up with them dancing, you know? Oh, sure. Mm. I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's a psychological uh, context for all of it. A real world psychological context. I think the, the thing with Joker in particular is... Uh, you, you know, you sometimes you hear writers when when they're writing uh, a biopic or or a true story, and they say there are actually elements of the story that I didn't put in because you wouldn't believe it's true. Yeah, and so I think that's maybe the case with the Joker. Of even if there is there is all a a real world explanation for this behavior, it doesn't feel like it when you're watching it anyway. No, mm. yeah. Um, as a non clinical viewer, mm. so yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I know this much is true, Eddie. If you if you want to dive into it, yeah. then <laughs> watch, uh, watch it on. Uh, oh God, now you've you've made it awkward now because I watch it illegally. So <laughs> so you said HBO, right? So it's probably it's HBO, HBO in America. Um, so yeah, Sky Atlantic maybe that they usually I'll go. Just, Sky I'll, Atlantic, just, I'll just watch it illegally. That's all you have to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> or you could just, you know, watch the the community table read that happened like a week or two ago. Oh yeah, I something didn't see a bit, that. Mo- bit a bit less miserable, you know. <laughs> oh, well, was I, was it, was it for a new episode or was no, it? no, it was the um, polygraph episode. Oh right, well, they did it over Zoom or something. Yeah, they, they did it over Zoom. Right, but okay. they had everyone was back. Like even Donald Glover was back. The only right. person they didn't have was well, the 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 woman assistant to Walton Goggins. She wasn't there, so she was played by Jim Rash. Who I don't think is actually in the episode, right? Was Walter Goggins? No, he wasn't. He was. Oh, right, they okay. had uh, Pedro Pascal, the Mandalorian. Oh, right. He did okay. it instead. Right. That was like a highlight, though, because I don't think he'd read the script prior to doing the the thing. So mm. when it gets to the end of that episode and he's bequeathing the the cylinders of semen, right, <laughs> to all the different people, Pascal's just losing it. Right. <laughs> so the okay. cast, are, like, there's moments where the cast kind of break, but they're all being very professional, kind of keeping a straight face. Mm. In fairness to Donald Glover, he slips right back into Troy. Really? Yeah, he feels exactly okay. the same. Oh, that's good. Whereas, uh, yeah, Pedro Pascal is trying to read the script, and he's just fucking losing it. <laughs> this is really funny. There's, um, I watched the Parks and Recreation special episode. I don't know if you saw that. Was that a... Okay, what was that? It wasn't a... T- it, was like a it was new content. It was Leslie... Were they all in character? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, it's Leslie checking in on everyone in isolation yeah. over Zoom. It was okay. I mean, I've seen a few of these now, uh, of these Zoom Skype constructs. They they never they never work. Yeah. I mean, Doctor Who has done a few of those. Well, like, uh, yes. They've, they've, yeah. they've had like a character from an episode sort of read like a monologue or a poem that's been written for them and there's just B-roll from yeah. the episode playing over the I've top. I've seen the Jodie Whittaker one where she's basically just telling you to wash your hands. <laughs> I think that's what There's also did. that. Where yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there's, I think that was billed as like, oh, all the Doctors are coming together to help us through ISA. And it was just uh, the Doctors yeah, yeah. going... Just don't go outside, you, you're fucking numpty, <laughs> yeah. you know? Well, so yeah, yeah. John, I mean, John Krasinski's had some good news yeah. and he got ordained and married a couple and basically all the guests, like, for the wedding were the cast of The Office, US. Ah, oh, right, okay. Right. Um, although, actually, t- talking of some good news, I don't know if you've seen this, but he's I based... Um, it's gone... It went down very well, the, mm. this, like, series, you know, because he was, like, finding stories that people were sending him. And it was popular enough that he has sold the idea to a network right. uh, in okay. America so it's going to have like some time off come back but obviously then he won't be the host um, so he's only going to be on like as a producer kind of thing and that like caused outrage on Twitter because everyone was like 
right to this like really nice wholesome idea where you're just like trying to keep us upbeat during thing you've now sold to a net where you sold out and they were literally just all criticized things like that and i was like <laughs> he's done a genius business deal because yeah. he made an idea which means that now there is going to be a news like a news segment dedicated just to being positive about things going on in the world. yeah that doesn't sound like a bad even if he had <laughs> sold it for me that doesn't sound like the worst thing in the world the only like issue with it will be is if it's only on in like america instead of youtube where it was available everywhere but that's the, the only I mean, like issue i can see people having you're, you're probably talking about people who think making money is a sin in and of itself. Mm. I mean, the amount of things yeah. I've seen Jeff Bezos, like, so that no one should have this much money. It's like, who the fuck are you? You turn it down, would you? If you yeah. got yourself into a position where you'd make that much money. I mean, it is, you know, we, we talked about football players earning way too much money and things like that, but that's just the market. Man. Yeah, like, I mean, you, you know, know, but it's that being idea the of world's like, first trillionaire, if that is indeed um, I, yeah. what's happening. Yeah. Like, yeah, that is, ins- well, no one else has that amount of money because he's the world's first trillionaire. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he started a business, that business did well, and now he's sort of yeah. reaping the, the rewards of the graft that he put in. Yeah, good you know? good for him. I yeah, mean, like, well, I, I, you, oh, holy shit, you came up with a multi- with a trillion dollar idea and it's paying off. Good on yeah. you, Jeff Bezos. I've seen all these things from like Lad Bible and Unilad and all that saying these things like Jeff Bezos, it, the equivalent of you spending $1 for him is 1.8 million or something like that. Yeah. And that's because, like, that's disgusting, isn't it? All the inequality that creates. I look at that and I, I it's aspirational. It's like, fucking hell, imagine being in that position. Yeah. It's like, I want to be in that position. I mean, I, yeah. Um, I, I just, yeah. like, like, 10 grand, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 10 grand would do me all right, I think. No, no, I said, like I said, I think I said before, it might have been during the football discussion, it might have been off mm. air, but, uh, like, that's, that's one of the nice things about, like, yes, capitalism is open to manipulation and people mm. can do scummy things and cheat the system. But also, isn't it nice to know that you live in a society where it's if you have the right idea and if you put in the work, you could come out of the back end significantly better off than when you went in, you know? Yeah, where there's a, where there's a ladder. Where there's a ladder, yeah. You yeah. can sort of like start at the bottom and then 20 years down the line come out like a millionaire. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rather than exactly. just living in like a society where like, oh, everyone gets paid the same no matter what you do. I mean, that, that's, that's, the, that's the American dream, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. These... I, I usually something as earnest as that a, a show that is just like oh in the face of all this horror here's some positivity I would snivel at it mm. but I actually think that's a good I think that's a good idea uh, even as a network show I think well it's uh, it's certainly the right time to have that idea isn't it yeah but even outside of this I mean obviously news is exclusively bad news <laughs> that's yes. kind of what it's for um, yeah I wouldn't be against something like that as cynical as I am mm. I think that would be that's quite a nice idea yeah. Mm. yeah fuck if he makes money off it who cares yeah right are we ready to talk about Doctor Who then? I think um, so was there anything else we were going to talk about I, I mean I had a little thing about to do with Disney censorship but oh yeah do it do it, do um, it, do it. before no before we go into that I'm slightly breaking an embargo here Okay. But have you seen the fact that David Ayer has called for his release of Suicide Squad to be... Well, no. Um, the Snyder Cut is happening. The Snyder Cut's it coming is. out on HBO. Yeah. So he's jumping on that bag. I don't bag care, Sam. I don't care. Snyder. <laughs> okay. Snyder. He's um, jumping on that bang bang. Fucking hell. He's ju- There you go. I can't speak. He's jumping on that bandwagon. Is he yeah. David Ayer? Ayer? Oh, fuck yeah. Um, so yeah, he's yeah he's jumped on that. Right, just okay. just to say that he wants his version now of Suicide Squad to come out as well. The, the, I just don't, um, I can't fathom how any cut is going to drastically improve these films. It won't. No. Yeah, it won't. <laughs> it's as simple as. It yeah. won't. 
it'll change them slightly. But then yeah. again, most of these reshoots that happened in like these early DC films, they were to add levity to it. Yeah. So these films are just going to be miserable. They're just going to be like the only truth is Essex or whatever that show was. Yeah, sure. With, uh, say, Ruffalo. This this version of Justice League is going to be like what four hours long? Uh, and also, yeah, they're going to be insanely long. <laughs> well, yeah, because um, what's his face? Is it was is a cyborg? The the cyborg? I, I don't the, know. The black gentleman. The cyborg. Yeah, like he had a bunch <laughs> of scenes and like a whole backstory that was cut out of the film because he was shit. I think. Ray Fisher? Is that the actor's name? May- yeah, I think it is, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. No, I don't know if it was bad. There was, like, I saw a thing that said that he was thankful that his scenes were removed from the film. So I don't know whether that <laughs> right. means that he was bad and he realised he was bad, or whether he thought the scenes were terrible. Mm. And so the fact that his his career wasn't forever tainted with him having to do that shit. It's yeah. like, oh, thank God, you know? Yeah, because I, I just imagine, like, an ex- a, a director's cut of Suicide Squad it's just David Ayer shoving in like five more sheen, scenes of the scenes, scenes of the Joker. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, and then like another scene with Margot Robbie, and everyone going, "Oh, it's so much better." Yeah, that was a the thing they gloated about. Not gloated. Well, yeah, kind of gloated about. But they said like, "Oh, there's enough material in here for a Harley Quinn Joker movie." That's how many scenes we shot. Right. So, when, so if the like director's cut comes out and there's no more scenes with the Joker, yeah. <laughs> Leto's just in a cor- corner furious. Sounds like an ungoverned mess. Oh, there's enough for a Harley Quinn Joker movie. Well, what movie is it then? Mm. Exactly. For God's yeah. sake. You, you weren't know. making a Harley Quinn Joker movie. This shouldn't be an achievement. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is all, um, I mean, this is something people have wanted for a while, especially with Justice League, like since yeah. it came out, or at least the mm. Snyder Cut was like, you know, fists mm. in the air, like a revolution but it's HBO Max, is it? Yeah. The, yeah. the Slider Cut's coming out on. So yeah. it's probably just these like streaming companies or these new streaming services going, shit, we have nothing exclusive. We need to like generate exclusive programming. Oh no, they've, like- uh, HBO Max have commissioned, I don't know how many shows. There's, that, that's the most recent, oh God, I'm going to have to watch all these as well, sort of thing. Well, I'm assuming, well, I say I'm assuming. Well, I am assuming. That wasn't like a... <laughs> That's the it, problem right. was that I was making an assumption rather than working on facts. Not that I... Uh, <laughs> right. Fuck it. Anyway, I'm assuming... We're, 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 look, we're, we're rusty. <laughs> yeah. Gotta, gotta <laughs> Apologies to everyone who's, who's <laughs> suffered this far. Welcome um, back to the most B-Tech podcast in the internet. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming that HBO, a lot of the stuff that they've commissioned is original content. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the vast percentage of it. Even uh, if, like, some of the stuff is not original. I mean, do, what do you mean original? Do you mean original content produced by them? Or do you mean non-adaptation? Like, what do you non-adaptation, mean Non-adaptation, yeah. Oh, um, there's quite a lot. I think the first show that's been scheduled is Brave New World, which is a... Uh, obviously, it's a book by Aldous Huxley. Uh, they do yeah. an adaptation of that. I don't know what the proportion is there. But they, they have commissioned quite a lot of original HBO shows. feels like the kind of network that would come out of the gate with a lot of original content. I just, that feels like mm. them, you know? Yeah, Aren't yeah, they yeah. But the, the, only, the only reason I, I asked for clarification was that maybe, like, even though they've got all of this content, it's like, right, we still need something to pull in the punters. Oh, yeah. Because it's all well and good making, like, a, like this huge quantity of like high quality original content mm. but people don't really people aren't drawn to that nowadays mm. we need we need a big thing to like right come to hbo max and then yeah then they'll see how much good shit we've got going but, yeah, yeah they bought a few they bought say, a aren't few. they aren't they the network though that have bought friends they are yeah, yeah. So they've got, uh, right. they've, got okay. the, they've got all the friends yeah they're the ones doing the friends reunion aren't they yeah yes yeah i think that was their big 
poll, wasn't it? We're going to do a I think doing reunion. Looney Tunes. Who's doing Looney Tunes? That's, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, yeah, they revived... Fucking hell. They're really going for it, aren't they? Everything. But, like, there are so many streaming platforms now. There's so much that everything's being revived. Yeah. Absolutely everything. I'm just... I, I'm re-watching Lost with my mother now. Yeah. And uh, it's not going to be long. It's they're gonna bring it back. It is genuinely shocking that it's that we've, yeah. that we've gone this long without a lost revival. It's ten years since it ended now. Yeah, because the guy who runs the network has expressed multiple times that he wants Lost to come back. Right? Yeah, and I don't feel like it's. Um, I mean, it's a very that show walks a tightrope, and so mm. there are a lot of people who think that it falls off it a couple of times, especially during the finale. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be very difficult to sort of recapture the spirit of Lost, even if you're not doing... Even if you're deliberately trying to do something a little bit different, you still kind of need to capture the spirit of that show. And that's going to yeah. be an incredibly difficult thing to recapture. Yeah. But that's not typically something that networks give a shit about. Yeah. It's usually like, oh, yeah, it's like, you know, it's set on an island and it's about, you know, a plane crash. Yeah, cool, that's Lost. Yeah. So it's weird that they've not done it or that it no is. one has seemed to be able to bring them an idea where they've gone, yes, we'll do that. I've thought a little bit about what the shape of a, a reboot could be. And yeah. there's not much there. I mean, because they, they, I think maybe part of the reason that it hasn't happened is Damon Lindelof. He sort of gives it his blessing, but he won't have any involvement with it because he, yes. he, he's told his story. And he and, specifically requested that the law, maybe not, no, not the law, but the characters be left alone. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. The interview I've seen with him, he says, I hope. He says, I would just hope that, uh, you know, there's the mythology there that you can work with. I would just hope, for instance, that Matthew Fox isn't in it. Yes. Um, and that, yeah, that's a shorthand for those characters are done. You can do something different. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But it, by the end of, you know, I sort of spoiler alert, but by the end of Lost... Like, I don't know how many groups, different groups of people have come to the island over, like, thousands of years. We've sort of seen all these different groups. Mm. Just, what are you going to do? Just, like, slot in a random group? You know? And by the end yeah. of the show, there's, like, three people left on the island. And the, the whole implication is that they are... they All the loose threads they've tied. They've, they've just sorted everything out now. Yeah, there's not even, like, a, like, an event in the history of that island that the show was left untouched. No. You know, it's the, like we've seen the birth of, like, the... the not the Dark Man. What's he called? <laughs> the Smoke Monster. The Smoke Monster. Yeah. And his um, uh, heroic character, Jacob. Yeah, yeah. I remember Lost. <laughs> I, re- yeah. I remember these things. Yes. Um... Like we've seen the 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 birth of that. Yeah. We've seen like their war. We've seen um like the guy Richards Alpert. We've seen him. Yeah. Like, like the 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 origins of him. We've mm-hmm. seen the origins of Ben, who's like the the main villain from like series three onwards, or like one mm-hmm. of the major villains from that series onwards. We've seen like the the where the bunkers came from. Like there's there isn't a single yeah. thing on that island that we've is seen... important to the story at Lost or to the history of that island. Yeah. That the show hasn't shown or touched on we've seen so it's not even as if like oh we can tell the story of like how um the darpa like came to the island because that's been done Dharma. yeah 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 Dharma. i mean i was close <laughs> yeah darpa is close. a thing though <laughs> but yeah like yeah we've seen Dharma in the 70s the u.s army in the 50s it's it stra- you know we've seen the entirety of- the only thing we haven't seen seen is um the like the 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 tribes that built the statue and you know who carved yeah, hieroglyphics. Like fucking, but that's right. just, you know, that's exactly what you think it is. You know, it's, it's like it's like doing a, a whole season dedicated to the polar bear. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just yeah. the people who brought the polar bear to the island, and it's all about them. It's like okay, I guess, but did yes. you really need to bring back Lost for this? Yeah, and so I I I don't think there's a good way of doing it. Like no. again, I'll leave my, 
it's just it's been done, you know. But but it was a massive hit, and so yes, it's almost certainly going to be revived. I mean, you know, well, yeah, everything came like Prison Break came back. Um, I mean, Prison Break ended with the main character dying, and they they did like another <laughs> season, you know. Yeah, no shame. No, but yeah, sorry, Eddie, you're yeah. going to talk about Disney censorship, and we yes. we we, we that sort of actually, changed that's it on absolutely you. fine. Yeah. Um, so I can't remember what date it actually came on now, but Screen Rant did a video about how Disney Plus had censored certain films yes. that they put on to their thing. And he gave some examples. So the examples you had uh, Lilo and Stitch, Splash, Toy Story 2, The Lion King, Jessica Rabbit, well... Uh, Frame Roger Rabbit? Uh, yeah. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting, uh, Free Solo, uh, Santa's Workshop, Adventures of Bullwick Griffin, and The res- uh, Rescuers. Okay. Now, These are the most you films I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> it was... No, right. So... I mean, I sorry. He was in Univer- Universal, not not Eddie. Just to clarify. Oh right, oh, the most okay. New films. I, I didn't mean the most Eddie films. I meant the most Universal films. <laughs> I was going to say yes. like Disney is sitting in their big boardroom, going, "Let's deliberately fuck with Eddie. Whatever he's watched, we'll censor it in the most yeah, arbitrary yeah. way possible." So, yeah, I suppose my my question more is where you what your your thoughts are in terms of the censorship. Well, it depends on what exactly they're censoring. Okay. There's a couple I think I know. I don't know the name of the film, but there's like a film where. It's like a woman. She might be a woman. She might be a mermaid. I'm not entirely sure. But there's a shot where she t- turns around and runs into the ocean. Splash. And she's got long that's, hair. That, yeah, so that's Splash. So that's yeah. the second splash, one on the yeah. You can sort of see her, um, the crack of her bottom. And in the Disney Plus version, they've extended her hairline so it completely covers her bottom. Yeah, right. But it's really bad, obvious CG hair. So it's yeah. so that, incredibly yeah, so distracting. The with, with Splash, I don't care that they've extended her hair. Fair enough. But it's horrific. Yeah. Oh, it's like, badly done, is it? It's it's so oh, badly yeah. done. Like when she when no, because like she jumps into the water mm. and the CGI hair doesn't move properly with the rest of the hair that does in the scene like it was shot. Right. So it just look it does look horrific. Um but as you pointed out, a lot of these are very like you based films, right? Yeah, yeah. So surely when they were making the film originally, they might have gone, oh, bit too risky or yeah they would have decided at the like, time like yeah it's we see her that like half her butt crack for like a, a second it's fine you know well look it's 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 only disney it's not like they've got money to spend on good you know airbrushing. <laughs> they, it's not like they've got money to burn yeah it's not like they could literally have that scene from the dark knight do that and still be completely fine um <laughs> i mean yeah toy story what have they censored in toy story 2 um so at the end there is a scene with stinky Pete. oh the sex scene with, uh, uh, with the, the two horse. barbies with the two, with the two barbies right oh yeah, yeah. you know they've i always thought, i always thought it was weird out. to end that film with a with a bdsm scene Weird. So weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they've cut the scene out with him and the two Barbies in the box. Right. Now, I understand that um, that film was do- uh, directed by John Lasseter, who obviously yeah. uh, no longer works for Pixar due to allegations. But my opinion with this, and I, I feel like this, all of this will come across as a, maybe a bit questionable, right? But we've got to a point now where we can go, okay, this shouldn't be in a film, that shouldn't be in a film. Mm. But my kind of thing is, is it not also a good learning point to go well we did this this wasn't necessarily the right thing to do but this was in this film rather than just airbrushing it out and treating it like it wasn't there what is actually so firstly i'll say again this is the same school of thinking it's like tear down statues right mm. of mm. historical figures who who achieved great things but also you know had slaves etc yeah. yeah and i would argue that, that you know surely you keep those up as a reminder of where we come from. And like, yes, 
this look at this person they were capable of evil and greatness look mm. at them but what exactly is this I, I i have the image of stinky pete with the two barbies in the box what is the uh he 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 offers them uh, a role in the next toy story film in exchange right right okay. um, so you're talking about the, yeah the kind of crossover with john laster and the allegations yeah do kids know that i don't know because until i watched this video i'd forgotten about that scene being in the film to be all in, in all honesty yeah yeah, because yeah. it's it's it's, not, it's a planned blooper during the credit. Yeah, it's a passing yeah. gag. It's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's sort of um, the problem with all of this. Because um, the video I saw on Splash, that sort of the, the the where I saw that they extended her hair, they said like the people who were talking about it in the video said like no one would have noticed, no one would have cared. No. But now that you've drawn attention to it, yeah. people yeah. are talking about it. You know, that's what it is. You made it a big yeah. deal. So yeah. well, on on that same vein. The Lion King. Oh well, the Lion King is notorious. I think like every time they've brought out like a new version of the Lion King, they've changed something. Yeah, but this is to do with the dust in the air apparently spelling the word sex. Oh, that yeah, I yeah. Mean, Wait, which, is that real? So the animated team basically came out and went, no, it says SFX. Yeah, yeah. yeah but they then, myth, but then it? when they like like redid it, they like changed the scene and things like that. for the edit that has gone on to Disney Plus, they've just completely reanimated uh, the dust. So that it can't possibly say anything controversial, which you have to be looking for it to say the word sex, for it to say the word sex. That's so super. See, okay. Well, I didn't even think, I thought it was one of those, like, you know, at the beginning of The Shining, you can see Kubrick's face in the clouds. I thought it was one of those weird, like, urban myths. Yeah, yeah. Myths. No, it, it is there, but yeah, SFX, right? And it's, yeah. I mean, we live in the age of censorship, but again, it's that thing of, you know, like with the rating system, that the thinking is that something like Shaun of the Dead with all that gore and blood, it's a 15. But American Beauty, because uh, there's a C-bomb, uh, or a couple of C-bombs, uh, it's an 18. Mm, mm. Our, our, our metric for judging these things is really... Uh, the criteria is really strange. Like, in Avengers Infinity War, like, Iron Man is holding Spider-Man as he evaporates into ash, <laughs> and he's a crying that he doesn't want to die, but we can't have something that may say sex in I would argue one of the great children's films of all time is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory Mm -hmm. I saw that as a kid and yes that fucking you know down the tunnel in the boat scene is I remember it being quite scary as a kid but I loved Mm. that film now you see it as an adult and it's like oh my god that seems really disturbing you see, like kids' films have a lot of darkness and weirdness in them. I'm not. I'm not going to lie. The last time I rewatched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the only word that came to mind was nonce. Nonce. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. <laughs> but you know, children's older children's films have a lot of weirdness in them. A lot yeah. of darkness. Oh, yeah. Because and kids can take it. You know, it's we don't. Well, one have one to of the the this. go-to examples I've seen on the internet is the um, the Indiana Jones film where the guy's face melts off. Right. Exactly. And that's like a yeah. that's like a PG, right? It's probably. a 12 but yeah yeah yeah, exactly it's uh i don't know but yeah like you can accept it and yeah it might scare you sometimes but it's it's okay for children to occasionally be a little bit scared yeah yeah children you don't when it comes to art you don't have to you know what you know get those things you put on the end of tables that like take away the court the sharpness of the corners Mm. Yeah, Um, yeah you don't have to baby proof your art okay kids like don't let them watch the shining yeah. But they can probably take Willy Wonka. They can probably... That's yeah, exactly. As well. Yeah, it's, yeah, so I what mean, else are they sensing? Well, so, so, uh, so we've got uh, The Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin, 
free solar and adventures in babysitting are all to do with the censorship of language right so okay bullwhip griffin uh they've either cut out some offensive line or they've redubbed them but free, like free solo is obviously not that old no it's a couple i, of years I don't old. know if it won the academy award but it's certainly up for the academy it award. did yeah right yeah and there is a point in which uh he says uh i fucked up right and it's either they either they've changed it to i messed up or they've just cut the line i can't remember but they've they've like right. edited out that and i'm like this guy is like there's there's a reason for this there's disney plus and it's a national it's on it's it's on national geographic which i understand that disney owns a major stake in mm. well national geographic is like one of the five of a, pillars of disney plus yeah isn't it? in those but, adverts it's one of the things they yeah, always promote but there is absolutely no and the reason why I'm stressing that, I, I feel like they're going too far with the language in terms of that. So in The Adventures of Babysitters, yeah. they, they, I mean, they, they're using an, something where they dubbed it ages ago. But it's very obvious, if you look at what they're saying, that they're saying the F word. Yeah. They haven't changed the scene or like re- done the scene. You've got the same scene where you can clearly see that they're saying a different word and you can clearly see what word they're saying. Does Disney Plus have any sort of parental control feature? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, what's the, that, is the I, idea that, that Disney Plus... All of its content is for all ages. Yeah, because like in Netflix, that they've instance, got that kids mode, haven't they? Yeah, in that instance, you can sort of go, okay, if the idea is that everyone has access to everything, mm. like in a way, from a business perspe- from a business perspective, I can see how you're trying to, like, you know, you don't want to inadvertently put something out there that some people would deem inappropriate for children, especially in a company like Disney where they're concerned with everyone. You know, they're incredibly like concerned about their image mm-hmm. and not compromising that in any capacity. But if you've got like a parental control feature, then genuinely, what is the point? No, exactly. As they're censoring there might, your there programming, might not if be children one. can't access the things you're censoring, there might not be one. In which case, whatever. But I guarantee you, in whatever uh, Marvel film it is where uh, Captain America says language after one of them swears, I guarantee you that swear word is still in the film. Yeah. Shit. What, I think he says shit. Ch- like children, like kids that are too young to hear the f word. How many of them are wanting to watch Free Solo? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? If you're old enough to want to watch it, you're probably old enough to take one cuss. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And th- th- ultimately, that's what's that's the silliest thing about it, isn't it? Or I guess the most ironic thing about it is the whole reason they did this was to preempt people going like, preempt people complaining about it yeah. and having to backtrack and censor it afterwards and be like, oh, you know, we're sorry. Yeah. But they've drawn attention to it now. Mm. Like everyone's yeah. talking about it. Yeah. It's, it's the equivalent of like, um, so in my house, my mother's room, for example, we would never go in there. But if all of a sudden you came over one day and was like, right, George, whatever you do, mate, you cannot go in the mother's bedroom. Yeah. All of a sudden you're like, oh, that's why? all I want to do <laughs> now. That's yeah. all you want to do now. Mm. Yeah. It's don't, it's don't push that button, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's the thing you want to do most. Don't think about elephants. Yeah. And you're thinking about elephants. Yeah. No, it's all, it's just, it's a non-issue. What type but, of elephant? Um, I, I was thinking about Dumbo. Okay. <laughs> That's fair enough. Disney. Yeah. Um, some... I thought of a red elephant. A red elephant. Yes. Okay. An actual red elephant. Yeah. Just just an elephant, but it's red. But it's red. Did you yeah. ever have um, it, we like a, a kids book? I think in Welsh it was Elved. I think it might have been Elma for English uh, kids. I don't know. Was he a multicolored elephant? He was. Yeah. Yes, I remember him. <laughs> you remember Elma? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was it was it Elma for you? I'm, I'm gonna have to look this up. I don't know. I don't know if it was Elma. That's not far off. Yeah, though. it was. It was just all squares with different colors. Elmer the yeah, patch- yeah, no, uh, yeah. We're thinking oh of the same elephant. Oh my god, Elmer the patchwork <laughs> elephant. Patchwork right. elephant. That's right. I yeah, remember yeah. this. Yeah, I'll be back in a minute. I'm just going to casually cool. scroll through the internet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I went to a well-speaking uh, primary school and we had the Alved books. I remember the first time being out in the world and seeing it in like W.H. Smiths or whatever called Alma because that yeah. was its primary and just like the sectarianism and tribalism kicking in of like, what's this fucking bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> what's this? Oh, English now, is it? No, yeah. it's Alved. <laughs> yeah, it was the same with, but it's not called the Sorcerer's Stone. Why are they calling it the Sorcerer's oh, yeah. Stone? Yeah, yeah. because, well, America, cause Americans don't have philosophy, do they? They just have... No. <laughs> They, they, oh, yeah. they, have, they have angels and magic. Sorcery, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can get a you can get an Elmer the Elephant onesie. <laughs> <laughs> Life is complete. Um, and there's li- literally only one more point I was going to make. Oh, um, okay, go on. Which is that there's a film. It's literally a seven minute film, right? Called Santa's Workshop, and it involved toys coming down the conveyor belt. Uh, they would say, "Mum." Uh, Santa would laugh and smile and stamp the word "okay" on the bottom of the doll which is weird in itself right well, it's quite disturbing it's kept- quite an unsettling image i don't know why it's good mum <laughs> yeah but then the uh, but that was like the the white dolls and then the black dolls would come down say something else uh, stamp right. themselves and then you go spit up, at them right. then, oh, so okay. they've erased that bit of the short film to put on disney plus but they've kept in the wonderfully sensitive bit later on where they're depicting uh people of asian descent in, mm. in a um <laughs> Not particularly uh, good light. Uh, it's very stereotypical. Are they doing kung fu or something? <laughs> it's just them walking. Ac- it's the way they're walking across the screen. Um, but they, they've kept that in. And are, they, decided- <laughs> are they doing the North Korean march where they're sort of like leaping? Across. When you say Asian, do you mean what do you mean exactly? Uh, they've just Oriental. Gone, they've yeah, they've gone for some stereotypical. Um, what's the, what, what's a typical Chinese walk? Yeah, what's the stereotypical uh, Asian walk? I know the Egyptian one. That's what I'm thinking. No, no, but, but like, yeah, yeah. it's it's like. It's the way they're walking across the screen, what they're wearing, um, and just the, the whole bit of the scene. Do they, are they, are um, their footsteps producing the sound? Na, 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 na. <laughs> I don't think it goes that far. Um, okay. But the fact of the matter is, is they've kept that bit in and then they've taken out another bit. And it's, yeah. like, it's like, right, so you're willing to censor one thing, but not the other? There's always been that. There's always been... I've always seen like a somewhat of a double standard in... I don't know what you'd call it i guess censorship like there's all this kind of like oh we have to be very careful about how we portray like the black community we can't like racism only seems to apply to black people the black community yeah. and sometimes the um uh latin the latin american community mm. but like asian like asian racism seems fine there doesn't seem to be call for like you know oh there's not enough asian representation in cinema at the moment in like the yeah. west it's always about whenever they talk about like representation. It's always like, oh, we need more women. We need more black people. Sorry, I like that. <laughs> I don't know whether this is a, a, a subconscious thing, Eddie. But as we're having this conversation, your eyes are narrowing. They're, <laughs> they're narrowing quite a lot. There, you were squinting like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right, should we talk about Doctor Who? Then? Yeah. Okay, let's get to it. <laughs> It's yeah. Right. Who's doing the bass? Oh right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just once, just okay. once. I would like just... to not do the bass. Okay, Eddie. I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> what do you mean you don't know what the bass <laughs> is? <laughs> Talk to right. who theme song. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Are you going to jump in at any point? Dun, well, no, dun, the theme dun, song keeps going. There you go. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 
You know, it's actually more embarrassing to do the wailing. I just realised that. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, George, you know, you don't want to do the bass. You definitely want to do the bass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I'll stick with the bass from now on. <laughs> right. Oh, right. Doctor Who Series 7 Part 1. Okay. Worth pointing out, we're only going to be talking about the first six episodes of Series 7 because Series 7 is a bit of a mess. Yeah, explain what is going on here. Okay. So when it came out, Series 7 was sort of divided into two parts. They released a Christmas special, then they did five episodes, and at the end of those five episodes, Amy and Rory, were uh, they departed from the show, and a new companion came in for the remainder of the season. So we're only going to be going as far as the final episode of Amy and Rory, because there was a natural break in the season anyway. And also, if we do Series 7 in one go, we're going to be talking about, like, like 17 18 episodes it's like a ridiculously long season because matt smith leaves like after series seven but before series eight so if you're binge watching it naturally gets grouped into series seven so it's just it's all over the place so like fuck it we'll do the we'll do we'll do till amy and rory leave yes because also these conversations have been going on for quite a while (laughs) in previous (laughs) podcasts we'll do like 30 minutes of actual podcasts and then it's like two hours of Doctor Who. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, we're gonna cons- consider how we might change that. But yeah, yeah, considering this is only is a six episodes. Yeah, pretty much. We yeah. will do it episode by episode. Okay. You lucky. So, <laughs> you lucky bastards. Right. The Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Yes. I'll tell you what. I'll just read my pseudo mini review, and then we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh. So. There's the nugget of an interesting idea in the depiction of the Doctor as a magical figure for children, Mm. like Mr. Megorium or Mary Poppins. Uh, The episode is aimed at a younger audience, encouraging the celebration of motherhood and the mum as like a badass figure, exemplified by Claire Skinner piloting the Harvester because she once flew a plane under supervision. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired of the uh, we are going to do our version thereof approach. In this case, Narnia. Yeah. Um, it's just too arch. It's too Christmas special. I also I also feel like the um like the connect like the doctor is the doctor, the widow is yeah. a widow, the wardrobe is the TARDIS. Yeah. Cause he said because like he lies to the kids and says, Oh, this is not a TARDIS, this is a wardrobe. Yeah. That's a bit shit. Yeah, yeah that's that quite a, a reach. bit like yeah, it's quite yeah. a reach. Yeah. yeah. I get they had to get one thing that was from the original title in there, and so they just went with wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm also tired of, like, festive, seasonally appropriate iconography having an in-world, otherworldly context. So, like, the stars on the pine trees and, like, the baubles. Do you know what I mean? Yes, Mm. yeah, yeah. Either everyone has been secretly readying themselves for the utterly inexplicable, or Doctor Who fails to accurately depict a human response (laughs) to his existence (laughs) and to these places. Well, they everyone just acclimates really quickly. These normal, everyday people acclimate really quickly to these inexplicable circumstances. Yeah, it's like with the zingers, like caretaker, you're fired. Yeah, like kids, <laughs> I can sort of, I can buy yeah. it. Because yeah. kids were more sort of open and willing, and they kind of live in a world of imagination anyway. So if weird things start happening. Yeah, it's just kind of exciting. But yeah, adults, especially like Claire Skinner, who's this like new widow in mourning. Yeah, like the like one of the sort of running uh, ambient. Th- threats i suppose of the episode is that her husband has died but her children don't know yeah so she has to keep that information from them because she doesn't want christmas to become the time they lost their father because it'll ruin Mm. it forever for them and yeah and then she starts like yeah caretaker you're fired and participating in the comedy and you're like um (laughs) maybe not yeah if i was in a real imagine being a group of friends thrust into that situation and she's one of your mates you'd be like 
Are you okay? Because you seem to be really okay with what's going on. Yeah, like, exactly, you have a nervous yeah. breakdown, you're just accepting everything. Yeah. Yeah, the father surviving is fundamentally unacceptable. Um, <laughs> okay. I don't care whether it's Christmas or not. If you want the Jesus, you've got to put up with the donkey shit. <laughs> it's like, it's in a, it's a similar vein to the Rocky rule, right? Yeah. Have we explained the Rocky rule? I, we might have mentioned it on the I podcast. I think I asked you on the podcast one time if there are any good sport movies that don't obey the Rocky rule. Okay. So, um, yeah. But for those who don't know, it basically yeah. the idea is that um, in Rocky, Rocky loses the final fight, but he wins the affection of the audience. Mm-hmm. Therefore, he is the real winner of the film, even though he lost yeah, the fight. Yeah, he achieves his personal, which was uh, going distance. He survives all 15 rounds. With, yes. Yeah. And obviously, yeah, so yeah, it's sort of that idea that winning the final sporting event is not the true victory of the film. Yeah. And you can't win both. You can't win the personal victory and the the objective victory. Yes. Yeah, this is kind of a similar thing where if you have the episode of dealing with how am I going to tell the kids, you can't then just have, oh, but also he's still alive. You know, it's yeah. not, you can't have both. Although I suppose it's nice that she does tell the kids. So there is like a, the briefest of moments where yeah. they have lost their father. So at least <laughs> yeah. it's not like, yeah, all right. It's not like, you know, I have to tell you something. And then he walks in and she's like absolved of all responsibility. It's like, no, no, your father's dead. Oh, I guess he's not. Maybe part of it was like, especially given that it's a Christmas episode, we don't have enough time to leave them in a state where the audience is okay with it. If the kids are told this, yeah, there's not enough time to make the children, to give us like a glimmer of hope of like, oh, but they're going to be okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we don't want to leave you in that position with them. So fuck it, you, you lived. Hmm. Yeah, that's it. For me for this episode. It okay. is um, the single biggest criminal underusage of Bill Bailey I have ever seen. In yeah, he's in this yeah. episode, and before you have time to finish the thought, oh, Bill Bailey's in this episode, he's gone. Yeah, I honestly, I, I forgot that he's in it. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, they, they waste Alexander Armstrong too, but like not in anywhere near. Well, he got the opportunity, he did the voice of the computer in the Sarah Jane Adventures, yeah. didn't he? Right. So he, they've used him elsewhere. But yeah, in terms of like a live action portrayal. Do you reckon a bit, it's a, 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 a reference to his Armstrong and Miller? Those Do you know, I was characters. thinking that because yeah. I, I, I was watching the episode and I paused the episode specifically to go watch those sketches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he's like the World War One fighter pilot. Yeah, with Ace, Ben yeah. Miller. And they're like, um, they're talking all modern and shit, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Talking like yeah, this yeah. and that and, and blood. But in a, yeah, in like an RP old fashioned. Yeah. Yeah. I told him I'll bloody well wear whatever trousers I want, like, or whatever it is. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, and we know Doctor Who's not above that. <laughs> Lee Evans yes. being a yeah prime example. Yeah. Uh, my alternate... T- I've only done one alternate title this season for each episode. Oh, okay. Uh, Yule Log, which I thought was all right. So, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I was about to yeah. ask why, but yeah. It's quite obvious <laughs> yeah. why it's called yeah. that. It's a sentient forest this episode yeah. is sent in. Um, the house they are in, like, it's a massive, massive house, isn't it? Yeah. So why are the brother and the sister sharing a bedroom? <laughs> That's a good point. Like, she's, I don't, I don't know how old she's supposed to be, um, the daughter, but she's like, you know, she's a developing, close to being developed young woman. Yeah. And she's got like her younger kid brother in the same room. It's like, I don't know if you would, you would do that as a parent. You'd put them together in the same Is space. Is it because, I don't know, because of the father's death, there's this idea if she wants to keep them together, like close together. I don't know. I mean, he, d- he does run off into a box, so maybe like, she, you, cabin you got, fever. you got the sister to keep an eye on him in case he like does a runner. Well, yeah. she does a bloody good job, doesn't she? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't <laughs> say she was good at it. I just saying that's what the mum's thought process was like. I can't look after him. My husband's dead. Um, yeah. 
I'll get their sister yeah. to do it. Oh, she can't do it either. <laughs> also, I don't think Claire Skinner is necessarily the the woman you choose to embody the empowered mum's a badass sort of no. thing. I get it. Like, outnumbered. She's like a famous TV mum, but it's, you know, she's hardly Sarah Connor, is she? Yeah, you believe her a lot more when she's breaking down than when it's revealed <laughs> that she's pretending to break down to gain an yes. advantage, you know? Yeah. So what do we think of uh, the episode? Is oh, it a, a thumbs, thumbs up down. or a thumbs down? It's a, it's, thumbs a th- down. it's a thumbs down for me, yeah. Yeah, it's a thumbs down. The The wood effects on the tree people are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. That They're is much good. better than the previous time we've had tree people in Doctor Who. And Doctor Who snow, I know it's just TV snow, mm. but it always looks quite nice. It always looks very plump and like, you know, yeah. I want to walk in that snow. Yes. Yeah. Those, those are like the two positives I have for this episode. <laughs> There's snow and their tree people look I, uh, good. You know, like... Bringing that up, you know, Breaking Bad when Bill Burr and uh, Lavelle Crawford lie on the big mound of money. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a similar thing. So, in cleaning out the kitchen, uh, we, as I guess most houses do, we just have an in- infinity of bags of carrier bags, mm. just like tucked in drawers and stuff like that. And I was like, "This is ridiculous. We've got a, I don't know how many we've got, but this, no one needs this many bags." And so I was like, yeah. "We'll cap, we'll keep forty, and we'll get rid of all the others." I think they were about. Two to three hundred bags. Right. And okay. I, th- I, th- I two of you live in that house. You don't even go shopping most of the time. How did you get? It's my mother in it. She, instead of taking the actual bags for life to reuse, she just gets new ones. Right. Uh, you and so there's on Facebook. Know, I did. Yeah. yeah. So there's like bags within bags within bags. Within, so I I left no bag un- unfilled. So I took out every yeah. bag out of every bag just to show her what she had wrought, and I, I threw them all on the floor. And I was like, oh, I've got to just dive into them. <laughs> the problem is, obviously, it's mostly air, so I just whacked into the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Bags don't, re- no matter how many there are, you know, it's they're not really, boy- they don't sustain you, they don't hold you. So I just did it at least make them. a funny noise when it happened. No, it's just a little gush of air, oh. but it, it, w- it wasn't even like flatulence like. So, oh, well, then no one benefited from it at all. It was then. on carpet, so no, no one, it would just hurt. Right. <laughs> My mother didn't even laugh. It's just, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, she she's just used better. to your escapades at this point it's like <laughs> Sam why why are you doing this yeah yeah just you diving headfirst into a <laughs> heap on the floor it's like that do you uh, do you ever see that scene in Family Guy where Peter like trying to emulate Scrooge McDuck DuckTales dives yeah, yeah. into uh, is it is it Scrooge McDuck oh no it is Scrooge McDuck yeah, yeah. is he in DuckTales though is he what I don't know I'm not sure okay. but yeah he always dives into like the, all these coins <laughs> Peter's like oh my god it's solid his yeah. body is just destroyed. His bones, yeah, poking out of his skin. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Asylum of the Daleks. Yes. Uh, it was the longest break I'd taken between episodes. Okay. They took no time in easing me back in. Uh, <laughs> I needed to. I needed to spend more time with the characters to see where their lives are at. Yeah. Before we go off on another adventure. Well, there's a radical shift, isn't there? Because at the end of the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe, this is actually the third thing that I like about this episode. Is that final scene with Amy, the Doctor, and Rory. Because at the end of series six, they believe, they know the Doctor is still alive, but like the universe thinks he's dead or mm. some bullshit. Yeah. But this is the first time they've reunited since they were, uh, they believed the Doctor had been killed. Mm. So there's a little bit, like there's a little bit of um, tension between him and Amy, but they make up very quickly. And then Rory, I like how uh, Amy gets this like big reunion, emotional reunion scene with the Doctor. Yeah. And they finally hug. And then Rory walks out and he goes, oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> You're yeah. not dead then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like they invite him into the house and he's like, how did you know I was coming? And it's like, well, it's Christmas. We always set a place for you. Yeah. And then they sort of go into the house and the doctor sort of sheds a tear. Mm. It's like, oh, that's a nice little emotional moment for the character. The doctor doesn't usually get like 
he gets like the big scenes, mm-hmm. you know, like the big speeches or the the mo- the moments where he's like angry. He doesn't get like little. He doesn't get subtle like that. Yeah. yeah. So that was a really nice moment. Yeah. So we're left after the Christmas special. We're left on this image of like domestic bliss. Mm-hmm. Like Amy and Rory have settled down. They have a house. They're happily married. The Doctor is a friend that they see every now and again. And then Asylum of the Daleks. Bam. Amy and Rory are divorced. Yeah. The Doctor is, like, on Scaro, which until this point has been destroyed. Right. Like, the Daleks are everywhere. It's like, fucking hell. Yeah, what give me I a missed, second. You know? Jesus. Yeah. Uh, yeah, m- midway through the episode, we're suddenly watching a soap opera about infertility. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm sorry, but yes, Rory clearly does love Amy more than she loves him. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. There is yeah, an yeah. iniquity in every relationship. She's hot. He's reliable. That's like that's the dynamic. <laughs> She's the love of his life, and he's a trusty dog. You know, yes. Um, Daleks have a diminishing return for me. Yeah, as does Smith's badassery. Okay, like who do you think? You know that moment. Oh yeah, that fe- that felt like classic. We'll put that in for the trailers. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The Daleks have a power and scarcity. I think the fewer the more effective. Why? They are. Explain to me what's so silly, so fundamentally silly about the idea of the Daleks having a parliament. What do you mean? Because, like, when the Dalek... Like, the Dalek Emperor... Yeah, the Daleks would have an Emperor. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the Daleks having a Parliament, that just seems, like, really silly to me. That doesn't seem to work Well, because it's so specific, isn't it? Like, whenever you see these things, you know, it's, you know, evil galactic dynasties. It's kings and it's emperors and it's it's kind of vague empire terms. Like, an empire can sort of be anything, you know? It's just... A, a group of people that have a certain amount of land or whatever. Yeah. Whereas when you say it's a parliament, that's a, a very specific democratic system. <laughs> and I just um, want to know which uh, MP, uh, which Dalek was the MP for like the minister for like waste and like disposal. <laughs> the MP, the MP for Scarlet. Oh yeah, North. that's a thought. Like, do the Daleks <laughs> yeah. have like elections? Yeah, but I think it's a part. It's, it's there, are there like are there like Labour Daleks and Conservative no, Daleks? No, but, yeah, it's not it's just, a Senate. It's not a Republic. It's a Parliament. It's like a British yeah, parliamentary yeah. system. It's just there's like two Daleks doing a like TV debate, and then it's just the Daleks are so going, "Which one are you?" <laughs> I imagine they get like you know you get like the Trump Clinton whatever debates on CNN, and you get like Anderson yeah. Cooper moderating. I, I like them this. They, they get a moderator who's not a Dalek, so he can be truly objective. And every question is like, "So what would you do about um?" The problem is in education at the moment. Exterminate. Like, it's the, it's the answer to every question. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah well, Okay, no Daleks, here. why have you bothered to separate yourself into, like, Labour and Independent and Conservative if you all have exactly the same beliefs? Exterminate. We, do, we do not believe the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it is silly. Because, yeah, why, why is there any kind of process of government whatsoever? We get the point. They, they destroy and they overtake, you know? Yeah. Like, that's their thing. Mm. Yes, so I think, but I think the fewer there are, the more effective. When, like when you see thousands of them, it's like oh, it's just nothing now. They're just yeah, you know, yeah. Um, the Dalek people, whatever they called, are a flimsy threat. Yeah. yeah, that I've never liked that idea. No, where they ha- it's like it's a human that has like a gun in a Dalek gun installed in their hand and an ice stalk. It just never, it just never works. Yeah, it it looks silly as well. It just looks kind it of. It looks silly, but also surely that is not Dalek enough for a Dalek. Yeah. Like, would the Daleks really have half-human, like... Well, mostly human uh, drones, I suppose. That's the kind of purpose that they serve. Well, Daleks, am I correct in believing that that's just, like, their armour? 
and the species is something within the armor. Yeah, there's like a creature sitting within the tank. Okay, so yeah, a half Dalek wouldn't necessarily wouldn't have guns and things like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it wouldn't be based on the shell. It would be based. It would be um, the biological organism. Dalek Sec yeah. from series three. That's a half Dalek. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, if it's offensive to extinguish such divine hatred. Which is a good line. Mm. Why are they institutionalizing their most hateful soldiers? <laughs> like, set them well, free, use them. It's like, and that's why I asked you, it's like uh, Durlevanger. It's like Oscar Durlevanger. It's like... Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, who was a... Yeah, yeah, I was wondering, because I was out on, like, this really, like, pleasant <laughs> nature walk. I just had a text from Sam. What's the name of that Nazi that all of the Nazis hated? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oscar Durlevanger was a, um, a Nazi captain who... He was so brutal and sadistic that even the Nazis had a problem with him. They, you know, not enough of a problem. They stopped him because he was effective. Mm. Their biggest problem with him was that he was he abused alcohol, not that he raped and butchered. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's sort of like it's like the Joker, isn't it? It's like okay, they might be unpredictable, but use them. Don't put them in an asylum. Yeah, you know. You are hate. That's what you are, you know. But then again, the, the Daleks in the asylum, they basically just seem to be um, somewhat defective. Like, they can't speak properly. They can't fire their guns. Parts of them are missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not that, it's not that they're... They're cripples. Insane. Yeah. It's just that the armor's broken. Yeah, basically. they're infirm. Yeah. Yeah. I really like, though, because there's a scene where... There's this, like, weird bullshit plot thing where, like, the Dal- there are, like, these microorganisms on the, on the asylum planet... Mm that convert you into a Dalek if you're not protected. And Amy doesn't have the necessary protection. So she's being turned into a Dalek, or at least we're told she's being turned into a Dalek. Yeah. And she walks into a room and there are all of these like people in this room. There's like a waiter. There's like this couple who are down. And then at the background, there's this ballerina who's like spinning. Mm. She's doing like ballerina twirling. Um, and the doctor kind of snaps her out of her lollies. Like they're not people, they're Daleks. And she looks back and they're Daleks. Yeah. yeah. But the, where the ballerina was, there was a Dalek spinning. <laughs> I just really love the idea that, like, the Dalek thinks it's a ballerina. Because I don't know whether it's, like, Amy is looking at the Daleks and she's replacing them with people, or whether she's, like... We'll get to this as well. Tuned into this psychosis sort of thing. Yeah, because they have, like, a hive mind, the Daleks. So I don't know whether she's tuned into that and she's seeing what the Daleks think of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is so much funnier, because that means that somewhere out there there's a Dalek that thinks it's a ballerina. (laughs) Ballerina, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, why the fuck did they do a spin-off of Torchwood when there was this sitting there? Yeah, they had this gold that yeah. they were sitting on, yeah. You know, the, the metallic shoes or whatever. <laughs> um, so this introduces Jenna Coleman. Yes, who, Clara. Who, I know, goes on to become a companion. Yes. Why do strong, strong women, quote-unquote, have to be blasé and disaffected and sarcastic and flippant? Like they're one of the boys sort of thing. Because she Because dead. they don't... But it's it's not even she's dead. It's not even a gender it's not even a gender thing. In reality, a male friend would be equally annoying. Yeah, yeah. It's like the reality of imagine Chandler being like that all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, just give it a rest, mate, for God's sake. But I, I this idea of the strong female character, it, it, it with some exceptions, like Furioso was a good example. But they're always portrayed as like cocky and a bit like they they're quippy and yeah. I don't know how that became. Well, we've kind of I've kind of said before Moffat. Can write one female character, and it's that, and it's that. Yeah, yeah. River Song, Amy Pond, uh, Clara. There's a couple you haven't met yet as well, but they're all like they're all kind of like that type. Yeah. You know? mm. That being said, I do like I do, I do like. Clara. Why do you like her, George? I, I, I like I like Clara. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, she's making she's making soufflés through the through the episode. I I, I souffle her flay. 
tell you that. So he likes it because she can cook. Do you, do you like? She's a woman that is uh, stuck in a place cooking. Is that why you? Like her? <laughs> you dinosaur. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> uh, the twist that she's dreaming. Yes, that she's actually a, a Dalek. She was once a human, but she's been turned into a Dalek. Is there a pre- like? Completely. Is there a precedent for this? I don't. Th- Think as so, far as I no. could tell, there was no scientific explanation. It's just that they're in an asylum, they're living in a fantasy. It's that twist. Well, okay. Like, if, you, if you're talking about the mechanics of the twist, mm. like her be, literally being turned into a Dalek, mm. the residents of Skaro that were turned into Daleks were humanoids. Oh, no, no. And the actual Dalek creatures are like, they're the results of that mutation okay. and that experiment. No, not, not that, sorry. I mean, I mean more the, the idea of, a, of it being a dream, you know, of it being a fantasy. Oh. No, I don't think that's... Yeah. Well, it depends, doesn't it? Because she's not completely Dalek because she still has agency. Mm. Like, she's still an individual. She's not just a Dalek. Like, Dalek. She has no identity beyond that. She is still the Oswin, which is the person that she was yes. before she got yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe just it's like in this one instance. Okay. Like, because she still has a level of um, consciousness beyond Dalekism. Mm. Like, she's created this... Um, Dream, yeah, it's you know? um, they're just doing the asylum twist, aren't they? Where it was all a dream and never really happened. They're doing that, yeah. But usually with Doctor Who, they ground it in some sort of sci-fi explanation, mm. and they didn't really do that with this one. No. Just thought, no, I mean the closest they get to it is the eggs is the first syllable of exterminate. Yes, they're really reaching for cleverness with that one, aren't they? <laughs> they're yeah, really maybe a little trying. Bit. Although when when we when when I first watched that episode with my family, my mum genuinely was like shocked by that right. twist. When you have that moment where the camera sort of turns from Matt Smith to the the Clara Dalek, like just before the camera reaches him, my mum's like, "Oh my god!" Like it right. like it was the perfect timing, you know, right, there, right. you know. So I my kind of opinion of that twist is forever coloured by the fact that I saw it working. R- right. Know? Okay. Would you say it's a good or a bad twist? I, I'll I'll say a a bad twist just because. Okay, so on paper, the idea of him communicating with someone who it transpires as a Dalek is a good twist. Mm. The way it was presented, I think, undermines it because this idea that it's a dream and she's mentally constructed like her mind cathedral palace or whatever it is, yeah, yeah. it makes it a bit silly because, yeah, that is, oh, it was all a dream. There, there's no even like, oh, there was a chip inside her head that was making her think of this stuff. It's just, it, she just built herself a fantasy. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. That undermines it. Also, I've just I've just thought of this. She's Dalek, right? Yeah. So why were we hearing Jenna Coleman's voice on the radio? Oh, exactly. There you go. I genuinely hadn't because thought it's of a that bad before. episode. Yeah, no, I hadn't thought of that either. Yeah, that's a good point. Because because to, to sort of give it away, as you know, we do see Clara again. Yeah, yeah. And Matt Smith realizes that he recognizes the voice from the Dalek Asylum. So we were hearing her right. voice. It wasn't this weird, like non-diegetic trickery that they were playing on the audience no but then when uh he meets her she is speaking like a dalek isn't she yeah 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 okay all right wow okay that's that's bad that is bad yeah (laughs) okay yeah i I feel i felt absolutely zero attachment to anything that was going on okay no tension no emotional investment at that point i I was no longer watching it i was looking at it yes do you know what i mean well i wonder if that's sort of um that's obviously not the intention that they Mm. had but I think because they knew in advance that the season was going to be broken up into segments, 
the BBC at the sort of like in the promotional material for this season, you might remember this, Eddie. Mm. They said that they're treating every single episode of series seven like it's it like it's its own individual blockbuster. Right. I would say, is this the first series you get the posters? Yeah. Until like series nine or ten, they created uh, individual posters for every single yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a really nice touch. I know it's like a small thing, but I really like that idea. And the posters are quite good as well. I kind of miss those. Mm. But yeah, so I, I I don't know if they were thinking of. Whether they were prioritizing the um, the presentation and the look of the episodes to make it look like oh this is like almost cinematic and it has a distinct identity rather than prioritizing the actual yeah yeah, yeah okay. exactly um, my alternate title is Looney Tin <laughs> nice <laughs> okay all right thumbs down yeah yeah and also they're fine at the end of the episode they were divorced at the beginning and now they're yeah they're, they're, they're yeah there's the, it's resolved in like one quick conversation and oh come on. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and it doesn't even it doesn't even uh, have an effect on later episodes as no. well. They are just fine. Yeah. It's a twist that they just didn't bother you. Why did they do it? Genuinely, why did they split them up? If they were just going to be fine by the end of this yeah. one episode, and it has no influence on them leaving the show, I, just a drama. I think oh, this this yeah. will create a good arc for the episode. You know what I mean? I I don't think they okay. Maybe better thinking would suggest that. That's a that's a good arc for the season or the, the the part they're in anyway is that they yeah they have to you know come back together again. Um, it was a way of dropping in that she's infertile. I think you know that was another way of okay. you know how would that come up? Oh, they've broken up and they're going to discuss why that happened. Yeah, it was just yeah. I don't know if time yeah. was given to it. Um, also, two more very yeah. small points I want to make. Firstly, why is the Dalek Asylum dusty? <laughs> That's not okay. how dust works, right? I don't... I mean, I know that most dust is human skin. I don't know if all of it is, though. No, there's, like, other stuff that comprises Termites dust. But there's no, like... There are no carpets in the asylum. Yeah. It's just... It's a metal room full of metal tanks. Why is it dusty? I'd love it if there was a carpet in the asylum. <laughs> I suppose that that's just, like, a... Um, any Anywhere abandoned or old must have dust. Even no, if... No, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. But on on, a, on an actual, like making sense level yeah, yeah. it doesn't yeah and that, you know, usually such a note I'd go oh it doesn't matter you know it's it's just an aesthetic mm. thing but in a show like Doctor Who I feel like it does because there's a bit more of a pressure to kind of be even though it's sci-fi scientifically accurate do you know what I mean especially since um, Stephen Moffat has a tendency to implement inconsistencies in logic that later turn out to be um, instrumental to like the villain's plan or to the that would have been a good I don't know what the twist would have been but that would have been a great thing you know like in uh, that Angels one where it's like hang on why do they have one head or whatever it is yes it's like hang yeah. on why is there dust that could have led to some great twist do you, do you yeah, know what I mean exactly yeah like, the, like the, the Daleks were actually okay but there's some sort of parasite in the asylum that's like yeah, feeding yeah, on the yeah. Daleks or something maybe yeah alas yeah and the other thing as well which is um, a bit bigger right the Daleks no longer remember who the Doctor is because no. Oswin deleted him from the hive mind, from the path web. Yeah. I know we're sort of at the point in the show's history now where you, we're like, shit, we need to think of something to do. We've done everything with the Daleks. What the fuck can we do with the Daleks? Yeah, wh- why Why is less important than what? Yeah, exactly. But like, I thought like the, the, the whole point or the interesting uh, component of the relationship between the Doctor and the Daleks is the Daleks... They hate. That's all they do. They hate. They want to exterminate everything that isn't them because they hate it. Yeah. But they fear the Doctor. They're afraid of him. And it's the only time they feel anything other than hatred. Yeah. And and obviously the Doctor has his own history with the Daleks because they destroyed Gallifrey. Mm. And he fought them long before that anyway. 
But that's what makes the, the relationship interesting. Now that the Daleks have no idea who the Doctor is, he's just another thing they hate. Well, I haven't seen it going forward yet, like how that is implemented. So we'll see. But thinking about it, this episode commits two of the cardinal sins of storytelling. It was all a dream and amnesia. They've, they've ticked two of those yes. boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yes, the Daleks, maybe that's a good concept for an episode. All of a sudden, the Daleks don't recognize him. What's going on? What's the mystery behind this? Let's figure yeah, it out. Yeah, yeah. But not, yeah, not an ongoing thing. Well, I won't spoil where it goes. Um, the Joker gets a knock on the head and all of a sudden he doesn't know who Batman is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know. But but what's worse yeah. about it, I, this, is some, this is a point that I am sort of um, paraphrasing from somebody else. Mm. But even though I've just said, like, the Daleks no longer fear the Doctor, he's just another thing they hate, they still want to exterminate him. The fact that they've forgotten <laughs> with him on a surface, on the surface, changes literally nothing. Yeah. So why, what, what was even the point, you know? It, it would be like I, if it would be like if the Joker forgot Batman. Yeah, but he still treats Batman the exact same way. Yeah. Well, do, does it later? Does it free them up to do something that is contingent on them not having no knowledge of the Doctor? Again, I'd rather not. It it does get okay, okay. readdressed towards the end of series seven. Um, okay. But I won't give away anything about it. Okay. All right. Well, to be resumed then. Yeah. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> Chipnall's back. <laughs> Okay, riding dinosaurs sounds like a fun B-movie idea. Yeah. Like one of those things that sounds so bad it must be good. Yeah. But it's just taking the piss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mitchell and Webb, further gimmick hires. What like, a fucking waste. Yeah, that, that's, yeah it's the Bill Bailey yeah. thing again. But it's, it's, it's a gimmick hire. It's like, I get why you hire both of them, but it, it's, it's weird. Do you know what I mean? It's, it doesn't even mm. feel like it's playing to the strengths of those people as individual, of those they're not uh, even, individuals. They're not, yeah, they're not even in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just it's, it's just, just a vocal voices. performance, and David yeah. Mitchell is just kind of like a. Well, what is he? He's not David I don't Mitchell. Know. I guess just sure. like it's sort of a rule of physics. It's just like pretty much every British comedian has to have been in Doctor Who. Yeah, but mm. he's not like you know your typical like he's not like Peep Show David Mitchell. He's not Would I Lie to You David Mitchell. No, he's just like it's such a like a nothing character. He's just like a defective robot. That's like you yeah. know we're here to capture you, and then they escape. It's like no, come back. <laughs> a little bit of oil leaked out just then because I was scared. Like, this isn't yeah. David Mitchell. What the fuck are you doing? It's you know? more C-3PO than David Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And Robert know. Webb as well. I don't want to leave <laughs> Robert Webb out. But, no, yeah. he's also there. He's also there, yeah. Uh, I'm reminded of The Vampires of Venice where the premise is the title. Yeah. Yep. They even they even do the title drop before they go into the credits, don't they? <laughs> they do. They do. Dinosaurs on, on a spaceship. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> <laughs> I said it's almost high concept, though I'm reticent to apply the term concept to this hot mess. Uh, <laughs> um, that's all I've got to say about dinosaurs on a spaceship. Yeah, um, well... It's, it's a waste of its guest cast. Oh, yeah. Um, What's his name? Rupert Graves. Yep. He's quite fun in this. I quite like him in this. I, I don't know what right. he... He's, he's playing like a like a big game hunter in yeah. Africa. Who gets off the Cleopatra, right? Yeah, Queen something. Queen Nefertiti. Oh yeah, it's not Cleopatra. King, Queen Nefertiti. 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 Right. Oop, racism. I, I always I confuse my Egyptian queens. Oh well, how dare you, Sam? <laughs> the, the, the the two Egyptian queens that I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, he, I think he's an, a he's a historical figure. An historical figure or a historical figure? An historical, technically. An historical figure. Yeah. But yeah, he's great fun. Like, oh, I'm yeah. whatever his name is. Surely you've heard of me. And Amy goes, I haven't heard of you. Well, then you have some alarming gaps in your education. <laughs> Yeah, he's a crossover from Sherlock, isn't he? He is, is it, yeah. Is it Lestrade? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, Lestrade. Yeah, yeah, Lestrade. Yeah. 
yeah he's good fun um david bradley's all right you know yeah he's a bit i don't i don't i don't like that he's in it because he why, plays why don't you like that he's in what's it? his face because he, he's also the first doctor so i so i don't like that he's in it because he has another role in the doctor then again not, it's not canon though is it like right an adventure in space and time is not a doctor who it's not doctor who it's a story about yeah, doctor who i know don't like it absolutely hate it okay <laughs> can't stand that they do it okay that's a bit of a weird i'll be honest okay then, it's a bit it. of a weird I mean, it, no now. no i don't like when they did it when it was like like free magaman and then she got the part oh yeah that's that. stupid when the um, show recycles yeah its i was own gonna actors. say they do that i mean surely you can forgive them <laughs> like using the same ones in not even the same canon do you know what i mean i just i just mm. don't like this david bradley okay i like i like david bradley and he has another role more important role in doctor who okay <laughs> it's just a waste um what's his face who plays rory's dad mark williams yeah Potter. mark williams mark williams he's in this episode bit late to be introducing rory's father right yeah it is a bit like four episodes before he dies basically yeah also it, he, he wasn't at the wedding like you could have at least <laughs> no. hired like a background actor and be like oh this was rory's dad but he wasn't even at I'm, the wedding i'm gonna uh if mark williams if you're listening i've got uh a note for you you need to you need to come up with a stage name because mark williams <laughs> is so i know there are some people who have transcended it that re- when you really think about their name it's like oh that's quite a a normal boring name yeah yeah you're not there and so you need to change your stage name mark williams <laughs> is rubbish <laughs> sorry sorry mark yeah yeah um i like I, I guess i like that idea of um bringing in like you know a parent of the companions yeah so especially since right this whole this these five episodes are ridiculous right it's ridiculous oh, yeah. that these exist yeah the only reason they exist is probably because they wanted to move on with doctor who it's like right we want new companions ah but shit we need to get rid of amy and rory right let's let's have like let's section off like a couple of episodes to sort of write them out of the show because mm. in the grand scheme of things these episodes are completely pointless they're not good for starters yeah they're frivolous yeah 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 and they don't connect to the rest of series seven at all. Mm-hmm. Like at least they could have at least done like what they did with David Tennant's final episodes, where they do five specials yeah. over the course of the year, rather than sectioning off a whole portion of a season. Because it means that Clara at the back end of the season has less time to, you know, she doesn't have a full season. Right. Um, so you're really pining for Clara. I, I like Clara. <laughs> but anyway. I forgot my point because you made me think of Clara. But I think the general direction I was going in... I think in, you made you think of Clara. I don't think there's any word of us that's... Uh, I think the general direction I was going in was... Um, these episodes are crap. The thrust of these five episodes, as ridiculous as it is that they exist, they do try to do something. And that is, they're, they're kind of like, you know... The pawns basically have to make a decision between staying on Earth and actually building a life for themselves and going and travelling with the Doctor, right? Yeah. So it makes sense that you would go, right, we should probably have a character to physicalize that struggle. Let's introduce, I don't know, Rory's father. Yeah. It's also someone who can show uh, not just an acceptance, but an encouragement of their travails. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Um, The problem is, as I've said, like his first episode is four episodes before they leave the show. Yeah. He's only in two of the five episodes, and he's only in episodes written by Chris Chibnall. So... Yeah, they... I'd, um, I'd love it if he just suddenly randomly appeared in series 13 just like in the background oh don't be like that that's, no, that's, that's not any it's like a uh, it what could have been a seasonal arc of they're split up then they have to get back together then they have yeah. to debate whether they're going to continue then the father comes in and is like you know what yes go have a few more adventures mm. and they've just condensed it you know from one episode to the next it's a whole new angle on, yeah like yeah. Amy was a model 
she was a model in the first episode. I think she's like a writer now or something. Yeah. Some stupid like that. Yeah, it's just yeah. What right does she have to be to be a writer? <laughs> in fairness, model. I think she's a writer for like yeah, a magazine Sam, or something. Sam, you're only jealous because she got published and you did. Not jealous. I'm bit I'm bitter. <laughs> it, it's like no, she gets to be hot. That's fair enough. All right. That's yeah. what you get. Leave everything else to mm. everybody else, thanks. <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm just saying, George. Imagine if Bradley Walsh got replaced by Mark Williams for series 13. It was just why just, it was just the doctor from Rory's dad <laughs> and Yaz and Yaz. Just like, <laughs> oh guys, please don't don't I spoil just... all the wonderful stuff I've got ahead of me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just doing it to myself. wind up George, to be honest. <laughs> you know, the utter tone of resignation whenever the future of Doctor Who comes up is not at all dispiriting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I've got quite the ob- an obvious title for this one. Go on. Uh, Jurassic Arc. Yeah, all right. Yeah. yeah. I, it's a thumbs down from me. Yes, it's a thumbs down. Yeah. Okay. Um, a Town Called Mercy. Yeah, I'm finding it increasingly difficult to find anything worth saying. <laughs> I, it, it looks pretty good, but it would have to try not to, I think, for where it's set. Yes. Um, yes I'm a big fan of yes. westerns and western motifs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to work hard for me to be uninterested by the Wild West mm-hmm. or snow. Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not much to say here. There's a Frankenstein element, obviously, mm. especially bit, considering yeah. the yeah. Nazi war criminal analog, because that's what they're doing there, right? He's, yeah, you know. He's, yes. Yeah. yeah. I, honestly, that's that's kind of all I've got. Uh, well, it, I used to like this episode quite mm. a bit. I went into series seven. I know we're only doing like less than half the season in this discussion, mm. but I went into series seven thinking like, okay, I remember really disliking series six, and my opinion of the season hasn't really changed. But I remember series seven sort of bringing me back into Doctor Who a little bit. Right. Like when I saw that season when I was younger, I was like, yeah, you know what? This show's all right. I should probably stick with it. Mm. Having now rewatched these first six episodes, I've no idea why I thought that. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Because I really like The Town Called Mercy because it's sort of like, well, moral ambiguity is sort of at the heart of this episode, right? That's what they want this to be. They want this to be a story about... It's a morality play. It's a morality play, and it was a really interesting idea. Maybe I just hadn't been exposed to many of them at the time when I saw this episode, but it was a really, like, interesting premise. I was like, oh, I'm really taken with that. Having rewatched that episode now, I realised that the reason I thought all of those things is because the episode just outright tells you that it's a morality play. The character just outright says, like, oh, I'm a good person, but also I'm a bad person. What? What will you do yeah. with me, Doctor? Like, well, you you could have maybe, you know, written a script. Yes. <laughs> Just told us what this episode yeah, was. Yeah, two plus two and not four sort of thing. I, I don't believe Adrian Scarborough would pass as the Doctor, though. Hang on, what you want to Yeah, what do you mean? The, the guy, Pete from Gavin and Stacey playing... I, I just playing don't the, the war criminal. Yeah. I mean, I didn't... He didn't stand out to me one way or the but other. But I, th- I think it's because, to me, he... I think, to me, he is Pete from Gavin and Stacey. Okay. So well, I'm yes. watching it and I'm going, Pete, <laughs> yeah. calm down, mate. You punched, you punched a ginger he, he, once. Big see, he looks like a um, like a, a Nazi doctor, like that that kind okay. of uh, Toby Jones from Captain America, sort of a bit short glasses. Yeah, okay. You know, he's got that kind of look to him. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, this episode really needed to have any depth to it. <laughs> yeah, that would been nice. Yeah. There's a couple, like, there's a couple of nice scenes, like you know, the doctor, like with the gun, he's gonna shoot um, Jex, I think is Pete the character Pete yeah, plays. Yeah, yeah. And Jex is like, oh, you wouldn't do it. And the doctor like cocks the gun. He's like, I genuinely don't know. Like little, little moments like that. I was like, yeah, it's okay. They should have, they should have called the episode a theme called Mercy, just to be really on the nose. About it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Is that your alternate title? It's not actually. My alternate title is Yippie Kai Alien. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Eddie, what are your thoughts on a town called Mercy? It's crap. Or a plot a plot called Mercy. It's, it's crap. Okay. I, I I have no notes for this. You got nothing. Yeah. As you say, it looks good. The gunslinger is he's a cool visual. The gunslinger. Yeah. Like that's, so that's a, a nice bit of a Westworld thing going on there. Your Brenner. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, that that weird bullshit about like Joshua the horse being called Susan. Oh yeah. That that like yeah. running gag. Susan's like the, the uh, it's Susan and Karen are the female equivalents of Keith and uh, what's the other one and, and, and Steve and, and Dave. Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was like okay. <laughs> I don't know whether that marks the beginning of like the leftist. SJW nonsense and Doctor Who starting to creep in a little mm. bit. I know it's only like a like a throwaway gag, but that was kind of that's the first moment in rewatching Doctor Who where I kind of rolled my eyes and went, oh, okay, a, a, thro- a throwaway nag. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm tempted to call the episode that now. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, okay. I think it's uh, thumbs down. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. The power of three. Yes. I've genuinely right. I have absolutely nothing to say except. Cubes is the power of three is just the worst. <laughs> it's just, it's just the worst thing ever. Just that ending where it's. Do you know what? What? Yeah, the ending is terrible. Yeah. Well, it's Chris Chibnall again. What do you expect? Yeah. I will say though, I really, really like the premise to the beginning of this episode. Right. I think it's a wicked little sci-fi premise. People wake up one day and there's just cubes everywhere. Right. They're inanimate. They're indestructible. They don't do anything. They they're not accompanied with any threats. Mm. Nothing. Cubes are just in our lives now. Right. What do people do about that? I think that's a brilliant idea. If that happened on Earth, we would collect them all up, we would hide them somewhere, and we would never hear about it again. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe that's one very boring way of looking at it, Eddie. <laughs> George, the, war- the world's quite boring, mate. Just putting out there. Okay. I don't know. I wouldn't call it a great okay. sci-fi concept necessarily, because that could be... It sounds to me more like a horror concept on paper. Of one day, there's all these things everywhere. Well, it depends, doesn't it? Yeah. Because well, it could be like sci-fi horror. Yeah. The cubes just show up. It depends yeah. where you want to go from there. I personally like the idea of um, they're just cubes. Right. There's nothing to them. It's just this bizarre phenomenon. Mm. You know. Maybe you can sort of at the end explain like, oh, this is a product of you know this species were doing experiments and the cubes just showed up and it was all a big misunderstanding or whatever. But I just really like the idea because the the episode itself is it's about. This is truly the episode that embodies the um, idea of Amy and Rory have to choose. Do they choose life with the Doctor or do they choose life on Earth? Because mm. the Doctor stays on Earth for most of it with the cubes mm. and it's driving him mad. So it makes it clear to them like, oh, we need to make a decision. But yeah, in terms of like the threat, I just really like that idea of, yeah, they're just cubes. It's quite- And the, 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 the notion that they must have some greater purpose, like it kind of drives the Doctor mad because- but they can't just be cubes. There must be a reason. It's, it's quite Twilight Zone-y or like an mm. M. Night Shyamalan sort of like the happening, like these things just start occurring. Yeah. Yeah, that actually reminds me you saying that of uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind where that is essentially a film about a guy who's who has this vision brought about by like a, a spacecraft and decides that it must mean something. Mm. And that is the plot of the film. It's, the, it's about a guy trying to prove that there's a meaning to it. There's no, yeah. there's no fights. There's no alien, you know, aerial battles with extraterrestrials. Yeah. It's just about a dude, an ordinary bloke who's like, nah, it's got to mean something and becomes obsessed with it. Mm. And then of course it, it does. But um, yeah, so I quite like the uncanny, it's like that Stephen King thing, isn't it? I don't know if we've said it on the podcast before. Uh, there are three modes of horror. There's 
the, the gory kind of uh, gross out where you're walking through a room and something sticky falls on you. Yeah. Then there's the, you're walking through a room and something whispers in your ear, the kind of the more mm-hmm. creepy. And then as you come home and you realize that everything you own has been replaced by an exact copy. Yes. And that's the uncanny. And this is definitely more along those, that line. Yeah. And yeah, I like things like that when all of a sudden something has changed and there's absolutely, the reason is absolutely unapparent. But yeah, I just thought that, you know, that the whole rationalization at the end, I, you know, oh, of course, cubes are the power of three. <laughs> sunk that ship completely for me. Oh yeah, the episode gets worse and worse yeah. and worse. Like as soon as the cubes start doing something, it's like, all right, okay, this isn't what I wanted, but I'll go with yeah. it. Then this fucking alien dude turns up and he's like, oh, I brought the cubes to give you heart attacks. <laughs> yeah, And yeah. then it turns out he's not really there. So the doctor just sonic screwdrivers the thing and everyone's alive again yeah like what the fuck's going on yeah also that little girl that's like in the hospital she's been there for because this episode takes place over the course of like a year or something mm-hmm. it keeps jumping forward like a few yeah. months did nobody question that little girl just sitting in the hospital for like <laughs> a year yeah. basically yeah i don't know <laughs> I, I don't know i also i don't know whether i missed it as well i don't know what those like surgeons with like the cube mouths i don't know what they were supposed to be because when they go onto the Shakri ship at the end of the episode, they're there, then they kind of scurry off, and that's the last we see of them. They have no place in the yeah the resolution yeah. and the climax of the episode. I think it's just bad writing, George. Do you know what, Eddie? <laughs> I think it might be. I genuinely think it might be. Uh, my, my alternate title for this episode is Beatbox. <laughs> right, okay. So, uh, it's obviously a thumbs down. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. But I will say... I think this might be Chipmunk's best episode of Doctor Who. Oh Christ! Okay, I th- I think it. I think purely for the strength of its first like 10, 20 okay. minutes, like around about the time the cubes start to activate is when it starts to go downhill. But that initial like start mm. where like the episode could potentially go anywhere, I think that's like that's all right. Okay, I like the fact that you've told him and he knows for well he's got two full series. <laughs> we show run show yeah, You've got a hell of a way yep. to go. Yeah. Does he write? Right, I don't remember Eddie. Does Chibnall write anything before uh, between Power of Three and the beginning of Series Eleven? I can't remember. I can look it up though. I don't think he does. I think you might be free of him for a while now, Sam. Okay, until he's the creative, <laughs> the uh, creative authority. spearhead. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You're right. He doesn't write anything until the, okay. the woman who fell. All right, no more Chibnall for a while then. Okay, there's at least that. Okay, <laughs> a victory for the series. <laughs> <laughs> The Angels Take Manhattan. Yep. Yes. This um, is our final episode. The final episode of Amy and Rory Williams. Yes. Or Amy Pond mm-hmm. and Rory Williams. So, uh, it's a good ending, but that's it. For me, anyway. Okay. That does, however, make it the best episode of this bunch. Okay. So, yes. I, I, think, okay. It, I think it's the best of the bunch. Yeah. I mean, I like the Weeping Angels, so there's that. Yeah. I mean, Statue of Liberty can just do one. <laughs> um, and... Uh, let's just extract that clip and send it to America. It's like <laughs> in the context of Doctor Who. <laughs> I like it's the most iconic kind of beacon of it's what immigrants saw when they came to America, and it's this icon of hope. And, and you're just like it can fucking do one. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the the, the, an- the, the angel, angel of Liberty. statue of yeah. liberty can do one, especially since it doesn't do anything. Yeah, it just stands it just there looks, with its mouth open yeah. looking yeah. scary. This does kind of throw a spanner in the whole the image of an angel is an angel thing that they introduced in the time of angels. Mm. Because if the image of an angel is an angel, isn't there like a picture of the Statue of Liberty basically everywhere? Yes. Yeah. yeah. 
So how does that work? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, this this episode further kind of um, demolishes the um, appeal of the Weeping Angels because yeah, you got that whole Statue of Liberty thing, which is lame as hell. Yeah. And now we've got baby Weeping Angels. It's the same as the Daleks, isn't it? It's diminishing return plus this power in fewer numbers. The fewer angels there are, the better it is. Yeah. Uh, but I, I know the thinking. It's like, we'll do an Angels episode in New York. Oh my God, the Statue of Liberty, the most iconic statue in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not an angel. And to be, think about it. Like, the, the, we, I know the angel is kind of a euphemism. That's like their species, really. But they are all angels, aren't they? They're gargoyles of angels, uh, effectively. Yeah, well, the babies are and like cherubs. cherubs that's fair they? enough. That's but fair you enough could argue, well. like, oh, they haven't grown their yeah, wings. Yeah, like, yet, I can accept you know? that. But Lady Liberty is not an angel. No. I don't know what she is, actually. But she's not an angel. She's not an angel. Yeah. Yeah, so the, you can have baby weeping angels. So <laughs> do the angels Mate, create? Yeah. yeah, how does that work, considering they can't... I mean, you know... They just don't I, make eye contact. I, I, yeah, I was going to say, I wouldn't... I, if I was mating with someone, I probably wouldn't make eye contact either. But it must be a bit difficult you? if, like, any minor... Or, like, you, you, if you even glimpse at them, like, you're both stoned forever. You don't, you you don't make eye, You wouldn't make eye contact in a sexual situation. Well, that was a joke. Oh, That's okay. not something I, I actually thought oh, I'd no, no. have to think about. I, I, no, no, no. I thought you genuinely meant that. Of like, I right, okay. okay, okay, fair enough. Um, sometimes, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you don't want to. It's fair no, enough. I get that. I, I guess this implies that the angels do it doggy style. <laughs> yeah, but then <laughs> the only way they the person do it. doing the, the doggy, angels always hid it from yeah. the back. <laughs> but then the person doing the doggy would look at their partner. Angels with dirty faces, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> This is far better than the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if they look at their partner, their partner will turn to stone while they're inside them. Yeah. So that would hey, like you'd always have a hard on. Yeah, they're, they're, yes. they're always hard, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> but surely that would put a dampener on proceedings if, like, you 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 were in the middle of doing it and then your partner yeah. just stone. Do they inseminate you... like pebbles? <laughs> is that what happens? <laughs> How's that work exactly? Yeah, I mean, can you imagine porn. No one could ever watch it. <laughs> There's got to be some someone's done weeping angel porn, right? I mean, that's got to exist. Looking it up. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't don't type in like weeping porn or anything. <laughs> weeping angel, you're in some some grim content there. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. Do we have? So, yeah. The, the, <laughs> do we have um, to say about the episode? Okay. Yeah, that that whole like baby weeping angels thing. Like it's a cool visual. Yeah. The little cherubs and hearing the laughing in the dark. That's like yeah, yeah, it's all right. I will say though, smiling weeping angels are not Gucci. I I that smiling weeping angel towards the end of the episode genuinely creeped me out. <laughs> I don't know about you two. I don't remember being creeped out by. I'm, I'm more creeped out by you saying it's not Gucci. To be honest. Uh, so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> if I say it's not Gucci, that's not particularly weird. <laughs> you saying it's not Gucci, George. Oh, there's Eddie again with his double standards. <laughs> Fucking typical. I just. Well, yeah. What's happened to you in lockdown? <laughs> I mean, shape my head and become a prick. It's worth happen. Right. <laughs> You're going to have to... What, are you still looking for Weeping Angel porn, Eddie? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. There wasn't any. Oh, there wasn't any. So, okay. All right. That's disappointing. Not, not on porn, anyway. anyway. Okay. Um, you're going to have to explain the Angel Battery Farm to me. Because the idea is that they have this battery farm where they send people back in time. Yeah. But they keep them in that building mm. until their younger self comes to find them. And then they send them back in time right? Yeah. So I think the idea the episode is trying to convey is that the angels are creating this time loop where they're constantly sending the same person back. Mm. So they're creating essentially an infinite amount of time energy that they can feast on, right? 
Mm. Yeah. But if you... Okay, say you were to send someone back in time on April the 2nd, 1942. Surely you've always sent someone back in time on April the 2nd, 1942. You can't send them back in time on April 2nd, 1942 again because there's only one April 2nd, 1942. So you've only ever Are done it once. Are we venturing into don't think about it territory? Yes. We might be. <laughs> but I, I suppose, confirm for me that it's bullshit, right? This angel battery farm. It doesn't make oh, any yeah, sense. Oh yeah, it's total bullshit. Mm. Okay. But I can't explain why that is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I am right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aren't I? But, They're not but, creating but a time also, loop. Right. So the, you, you go into this place and the angel, the angel's lawyer you, let you see yourself, right? If you've done that a couple of times, mm. you'd know that you were about to go and see yourself. No, right? but that's the thing. You're not doing it multiple times. You're only done it. They can only send you back once because there's only one. Yeah, but the, the whole point is that they're supposed to be sending people back like multiple times over and over. Yeah, but they can't be. That's that's my point. No, but I'm yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is that if you were witnessing that happening to yourself enough times. I think I'm like the third go. I just like bring a knife and stab myself and just be like, oh, dead now. Yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't work in both regards because if it is this time loop in which you're infinitely being sent back in time, then yeah, I guess eventually, as Rory sort of does in this episode, you can escape that, mm. which will create a paradox and poison the well, so the angels will die. But if it's how it actually works, mm. there is no time loop. I mean... This is no different <laughs> than just sending people back in the wild. Like, like they did I was play. listening to an interview with, I think his name is Orson Scott Card the other day, right? And he's the bloke who wrote Ender's Game. He's a sci-fi writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was griping about how he resents the term sci-fi being used with things like time travel. Because he was saying sci-fi, it's fictional, but the idea is that everything in it is scientifically possible. Right. And time travel is not sci-fi, it's fantasy, because... Time travel is impossible it, because you cannot reverse causation. Yes. I was like, oh, interesting. I like, you know, I never thought of it. I knew that time travel was impossible, obviously. So whenever you're dealing with it, and there's a certain, I know we talked about this ad, inf- ad infinitum, but it's, you always have to go at a certain point. I'm just not, I'm just have to accept it. Yeah. Because it's so impossible. Okay. Yeah. Nothing is, re- I think primer, like we've said, is the closest something has come to doing it well There's, there was a show that aired earlier in the year called Devs which I've recommended to you already and I think to you Jordan mm. this uh, tech company that that finds humanity source code essentially mm. and is able to look back through all of human history and to any point in the future and by the end of the series they tell the main character this is exactly what's going to happen I've had this conversation with you exactly like this I've seen it a thousand times and at the end of it she is kind of following the pattern of everything that's going to happen, but then breaks it. I was like, oh yeah, good. Because I hate it when you see these time travel things where someone is told this is exactly what's going to happen on this date. And then accidents and circumstance forces them into that situation. It's like, if I saw my future and I was enacting it deja vu-like, I would just change one word just to make sure at the very least Mm. that I was, do you know what I mean? The the earlier portions of this episode does in fact do that, doesn't it? Yeah. Because the framing device of the episode is that River um, has written a book of the events that transpire in this episode. Yeah. And Amy reads ahead in the book. So they have to play out the events that have happened in the book because that's always happened. It's, it's set in stone. It's time, yeah. you know. It's your history. Mm-hmm. It's your future, whatever it is. And then that's sort of like, that's how they reach the realisation at the end that, oh, if Amy and Rory killed themselves... Yeah. 
it will create a paradox mm. and none of these events will have ever happened. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't yeah. buy the, the quantum mechanics argument of like, if it's going to happen, then reality, even if you're self-aware of playing out your destiny sort of thing, reality will compel you to act, to do it. Yeah, that's actually something that's um, always kind of um, bugged me a little bit about like time travel stuff. Yeah. When people, like you have scenes where characters speak to older versions of themselves... Mm. Like the implication is that the younger version of them of that themselves have to remember that conversation verbatim, yeah, and they deliver it verbatim. Like if it was like fifty years in the future, if I like if a seventy year old version of me shows up now and has a conversation with mm. me, I've got to remember that conversation for fifty years. There's no way but that's going to happen. I suppose the idea is that you won't have to remember it because that's what you're going to do, sort of thing. But I, I always feel like you know when someone has shown in a week's time, this is exactly what you will do. Yeah. Even if I found myself somehow in that same environment, I would do something different just to ensure that I was breaking. Yeah. I just don't believe that quantum mechanics has enough agency over consciousness. Yes. Yeah. That it would compel you to like paint by numbers exactly what you saw. Yeah, exactly. Just, Sam, in a week's time, you're going to be on this bridge. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't be there. Whatever the, the scenario, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all to say <laughs> but yeah I think it I think it is bullshit yes it's definitely bullshit mm-hmm. I also think that the way that Amy and Rory leave the show is kind of bullshit as well it is because the angels just sent them back in time yeah like just go back in time and visit them doctor yeah. that's all you <laughs> yeah, have yeah. they try and get around it in this episode by saying like oh 1930s New York has all of this like paradox energy that basically means we can't go to, I can't visit New York in the 1930s mm, pop into the 1940s just go to the 1940s yeah. also this episode takes place v- very close to the time that Daleks in Manhattan took place right and the doctor got to 1930s Manhattan fine in that episode yeah like is it specifically just, New just, York yeah just just send your old your previous regeneration a note saying yo can you just pick up your new pals while you're there? Or just like, well, you know, go to... If you can't land in New York, just like land in Texas and get, like, take a car yeah. to New York part, or something. Part of you know? the problem is, like I said, I'm rewatching Lost at the moment, and I know as we get into, like, season five, it starts dealing with time travel. It becomes a time travel show that season. So I can't remember how well it's done, and, you know, I'll, I'll feed back. But um, one of their rules is dead is dead. The whole idea, you can't go back and save someone's life. Like, dead is dead. In mm. Doctor Who, that's not the case. No. So how how do you ensure that if if actors are leaving the show that they leave? Yeah. Because in Do- the world of Doctor Who now, there are no rules, and so you know you can bring people back from the dead. You can go anywhere. You can do anything. You can make them never have never existed. Yeah. You can make someone who never. I mean, did exist they, exist. they sometimes find a workaround around it. Like River Song is dead in the sense that she has no physical form. Yes. She's alive, but the Doctor can never visit her because there is no her to visit. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, moments like that, you're like, okay, yeah, that's kind of a workaround. Mm. But, oh no, my companions have been sent back in time, and I, a time traveller, cannot go visit them. Yeah. What? Yeah. Don't be so... Come on Yeah, you've got to be in a time travel show like that, especially one that is so... that so regularly abuses its own law and changes the rules. You've got to be really creative in how you write out characters. Yes. Um, And they didn't do it. No, but I I did quite like the ending. Are you talking about when he's reading the afterward from? Uh, just the kind of wrap up in in the cemetery and all that sort. Of, well, when it when it seems like they've beaten it, and then they haven't. Okay. I I quite like that. Um, my title for this episode is Gravestones, which I think is alright. Okay, that, like I think it can mm. sincerely yeah. be called that. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. I will say, it's 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 not really a spoiler in terms of going forward. This is like the last full episode you've got of these. 
like full episode of the Weeping Angels. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yes. Oh, so they pop up again, but yeah, not they're not the a... main monster of an episode. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, look, we'll always have uh, Blink when we. We'll always have yeah. Blink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's call back to that. <laughs> yeah. This this is not a good half season. It's not. Well, whatever that's a thumbs down, it. obviously, from me. Yeah. Uh, even if I do like the ending, and it is the best episode, I would say of the bunch. Yep. Okay. But yeah. No, this. It's not good. <laughs> this season has... Well, if you can call it a yeah. season. We'll call it a season for the sake mm. of ease. This season has the largest ratio of Amy wearing trousers. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, there's a direct Therefore, it is the worst season of Doctor Who. Inexplicably, the more she wore, the worse the writing got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, oh. see? That's the thing with the problem with the SJW movement. Like, if, if, men, if <laughs> men aren't incentivized to produce a good product, you know, to get the... The, the hot girl wearing the dress, then yeah. they're not going to bother. No. So, not fuck really. you, liberals. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, on that note. <laughs> yeah, so this half, whatever you want to call it, thumbs down from yeah. all of us. Thumbs down, yeah. Worst episode? Or it's dinosaurs on a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah. I'll go- it's, either, it's either that or the power of three for me. Yeah. Oh, no, I wouldn't say it's the power of three. If it has any competition, I would say it's the Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Yeah, no, I, I'll go with Dinosaurs on a Spaceship. Uh, I'll go with the yeah. Angels Take Manhattan as the best. Yeah. What about you, George? See, I think the beginning of the power of three elevates that episode above the ending of the Angels Take Manhattan, okay. if that makes sense. Right. So for me, it might be the power of three. Okay. With a full admittance that it is not an episode worth watching because it doesn't fucking go <laughs> no. anywhere. Okay. It's not. It's not. It's not a good resolution. So as if it needed um, any, as if it was needed. The best Doctor is still Christopher Eccleston for me. Yes. The best season is still season three. Blink is still the best episode. The best companion. Yeah, I'll stick with Martha. I, I right. thought Amy Amy vied for it early on, but she sort of outstayed her welcome. Okay. For and me. then she put on jeans. And then she put on jeans. Who does she think she fucking is? <laughs> the yeah. biggest crime of the show. Uh, okay, so... There's only one more thing I have to say, because it, it it will be important to our next discussion. Okay. And that is that in this episode, Matt Smith uses regeneration energy to heal River Song's hand. Yeah. So remember that Matt Smith has used regeneration energy, and remember that in Series 6, there are at least four references or moments where we saw him use regeneration okay. energy. I'll be. I'll keep that in mind. This will, this will become important okay. later. Will it? Will it really? Eddie, did you say it becomes important later? If you say so, I don't remember. <laughs> well, you know to what I'm referring, right? Because it, it sort of becomes important I'm sure to do with the last episode, episode of Series 7, but I don't remember. Yeah, exactly, okay. yeah. That's that then, I guess. Cool. I, I believe right. it is, yes. Uh, so how many episodes are we talking about next time? Oh, um, oh God. Are we doing an adventure in space and time as well? I will, I will watch it, and then I guess if there is... If I have enough notes, we'll talk about it. Okay. Okay. In which so case, potentially potentially twelve. Lovely. Yeah, eleven or twelve episodes, which is basically a season. Yes. So. Okay. Yeah. All right. Right. Okay then. Here. Uh, cheerio, folks. Bye. Bye. Bye.